When it comes to weight management, we tend to focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. That's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up today. back everybody to another episode of bench with bubba episode 579 getting you ready for your big draft weekend those in vegas those at home wherever you're at it's the final hurrah as we have baseball less than a week away real baseball meaningful baseball across the landscapes and so we're going to do our nl draft storylines we did al on wednesdays nls this week and i got a big guest big friend big friend of the show big friend of mine love talking to this guy you can find his work at the athletic the man, the myth, the legend behind court stats. Like it's, I didn't even do justice <laughs> to the intro to that thing. He is an FSWA champion, folks. The champ oh, is here. Gosh. Best baseball article of 2022. The man is here. Find him on Twitter at John Legaze. My buddy, Big John Stud. How we doing, my friend? Yo, man, what's up? Thank you so much. I'm so uncomfortable. Like, you'd think I was, I'm so, like, obnoxious and brash that I'd be fine talking about myself, and it makes me so it makes me so uncomfortable. It really does. But th- thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. It's, I can't believe baseball season's here, right? All the prep. Yep. All the prep. All the prep. You know, we're in the small group of people thinking about 2023 from Thanksgiving through Christmas and every right football ends and people start to shift over Valentine's day to St. Patrick's day to live drafts. And then like the avalanche is here. So I am, I am so stoked. I said it to you offline, right? We don't, you don't really get ready at this point. You're, you're, no. you're all ready. We are ready. And yeah. it was funny because like our first fab runs are this weekend for those that have been drafting early, like us crazies. Um, it really hit hard last night when I was recording our Thursday night with Bloomfield when I was sitting there going, we have seven days till real baseball. I'm like, this is the last episode before we talk real baseball. I'm like, this is nuts. It's great. It's what we live for. Like you said, you're ready. You're, this is what it's all about. So this is kind of the last hurrah episode. I did the American League on Wednesday with the On the Wire guys. Got Big John Stud doing nationally. We'll go team by team. There's all, a ton more topics probably for some of these teams. I just kind of hit on a few of them. We'll talk about this and that and, and much, much more. But I kind of hinted at what you have going on plug all your stuff you have this uh i think you have 625 players ranked actually yes of course i have to like what was supposed to be a top 300 turn into a top 500 top turn into you a don't top... do anything small my friend you I don't. just can't do it <laughs> Dude, i can't do it and so the but we also you know what's funny we also play draft champions yes. so you become so you need those you become really versed in in getting deep and 
to be honest, I wasn't done. I'm also the type of player in draft champions where I don't believe in like wasting picks. Every one of those is so precious to me. Sure. And I put a lot of work into them. So yeah, it ended up at it's actually like 650 because you start adding people, right? Guys, the two guys in the the Braves were challenging for the five spot there. You got to add these guys, right? They're relevant. So right. it's probably 650. But then I said, you know what? I wanted to kind of bridge the gap. You know, I do all this advanced analytical granular stuff, blah, blah, blah. And it, it's too much for some people. And I wanted to bridge a gap to some more like home leaguers. So I said, you know what? I'm going to write up just the first like 10 players or so. The first the first round of guys. But advanced, dense statistically, like our stuff, like the stuff that we yeah. talk about. But how to use it and give people an idea of like how to, how to differentiate, you know, between the top, especially as high stakes guys. You're like, everyone's the same. J-Rod is Acuna. They're all the same. They're all the same. But you know what? It's fun to pop the hood on the engine underneath there, you know, and yeah. see what makes it, makes you, makes it home. And of course, 10 players turn into, I, I don't know, I wrote up at least like 125. It's like 40,000 words. It's absolutely ridiculous. It is so ridiculous. But I got to admit, man, the feedback is just out of this world. I probably should have charged more. It's only $9.99 once, and I'm going to be updating the rankings for the whole year. Now it's got head-to-head. I have under, Dude, I have I did underdog rankings. Of course, I'm yeah. so obsessed that I did them that you could upload them, but I also battle-tested them live on auto. Like, I remember so, you, I remember you yeah, tweeted I, out about that. I and live stuff, streamed yeah. the draft on yeah. auto to show you the rankings, and the team came out awesome. So, like, you know, give you give you an idea that you and I, we're, we're in the arena, yeah. right? Because I think, I think at this stage with all the information and all the sources, it's very easy to sniff out like who doesn't have yep. skin in the game right now. It's a little bit of a turnoff. I'm not saying you have to spend X amount of money. That's not what I'm saying. No, no, but no, I no. do think you got to be in the game, right? Put your, put your time in, put your work yeah, in. Right. Amen. And yeah. that's always, and that's why it's kind of funny you say that. Cause uh, it, it made me laugh a couple of weekends ago. We drafted barf in San Francisco with, with a bunch of the guys, you know, guys are rolling in with their spreadsheets and all this stuff. I rolled in with my laptop to draft off of and nothing else. Because I've been doing this since November. Like, I know what I want. I know my strategy. Like, I could easily, I, I could like search Fangrass or whatever if I needed to because I have my computer, but I did not have anything. I'm like, this oh, is it's great, go time. I, I'm cu- actually curious. You bring up a really good point because I have found now, I'm, I truly believe in that. Are you even looking at stats during a draft anymore? I feel like I've kind of, I've kind of done with that. I feel like I kind of have that work already. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I'm not really looking at, I'm I'm not look I'm not looking at like at my team stats like projected wise I'm not doing any of that like, no I no I mean my... like player stats like I'm not really yeah. doing analysis I mean at this point I feel no like I if, know... if I if I do it all it's like an end game like player A versus player B just okay, kind of yeah a, yeah yeah that makes just sense. like that but that's it like it's literally one of the last picks before I yeah, do that that makes sense I'm so locked in like we've you and I have discussed these players more than anybody cares to hear like we have a pretty <laughs> good idea about who yeah, these yeah. guys are by now so. Yeah. Um, it, but that's the beauty of what we do. It helps us. That's how I tell people, like, I love doing this because it helps me. It gets me ready to go. So, oh, man. That's, that's funny you mentioned that. The ranking's the most selfish part about it. Oh, yeah. The best part, dude, for all the arguing that we do, like in a healthy sense, arguing. Yeah. And I feel like, yeah, I make a lot of great points. I use a lot of stats and stuff. Dude, they're gone. I never get yeah. to cite them. They're just gone. So here I have, like, this you name a player, you go on the site, you could literally put in a player name, it takes you right to the player, and there's my three to four hundred word spiel on them, pro, pro, con, whatever. I'm really not trying to make an argument, I'm just kind of presenting. And a lot of times, I'm like, oh yeah, that's what I really liked or didn't like about it. So, it's almost simple, right? People say when you write stuff down, it's easy to memorize, so maybe along those lines. So, yeah. That's how I, that's how I learned. I was yep. I'm, I was horrible at just watching a presentation. I had, that's why I was more of a math guy than like a you know sociology guy or something. Like, I had to put my hands and do things. That was the way I work. So, 
Again, caveman stats over here. People do spreadsheets over there. Yeah, that's I love how, that. Man. That's, that's, that's how we sense. live. Yeah. All right, let's go team by team. Let's have a little fun yeah. here, Big John Stud. We'll start. It's alphabetical order. Just keep it simple at home. We'll start with the Arizona Diamondbacks, and this is a fun one. In well, it's fun for us, not fun for Carson Kelly, who uh, had a, a fractured um, forearm, so he's going to be out for a while. That's just uh, the the easy way of saying it, the layman terms way of saying it. So that means our boy Gabriel Moreno, who it was kind of confusing, like okay, when's he going to play? What's he going to do? The questions throughout the early part of draft season. Well, now he's pretty much locked in. This is his role, barring just complete catastrophic failure. Um, over like the last four main events, kind of since the news is all kind of broke, his ADP is 200. He's the 13th catcher off the board in main events. What are you doing with Gabriel? Where are you moving him to? Because I've had a, I've had the idea in my head if he if the power were to show up, he's closer to Tyler Stevenson for me. If the power stays low, we talked about it last night. He is legitimately Kyber Ruiz. That's who he is. So it's a tough realm. How do you see him? Yeah, I, I think you're you kind of nailed it right. The, the hit tool was good. But he hasn't shown us the roto juice that we need. So I hadn't really been drafting at all. I also yeah. feel like the flip side of that Arizona story, Carson Kelly was one of the more underpriced catchers. You know what? I mean, I feel like he was set for a 50 50 split. And there's quite a few, you know, there's a few of those positions. Toronto's like that. Very hard to differentiate between the catchers. They're also good enough lineups where those guys might not DH. And I found that. A lot of those guys are being overpriced. So I wasn't going there. Now I think you have to take a very serious look. I ended up moving him up to C13 right behind Cal Raleigh. But it's more of a theoretical thing. If you like it more than Raleigh, that's fine. Again, Raleigh, I think the batting average floor, you know, is significantly lower, right, than Moreno. But who's going to get you 25 ding-dongs? And something we spoke about off-air. I'm into the Seattle environment it's caught a little bit of heat uh, depending i think what kind of park factors using i've just been using last year's post humidor and seattle for righties was top four in everything right home run to fly ball home run to barrel home run to blast for righties so not to say that explains some of it but i think we saw some of that so i have him right beyond rally as a full-time catcher which i think matters right i'm not going to understate the plate appearances i think they're quality plate appearances and as long as the batting average isn't terrible which i don't think will be he won't hurt you but People are kind of putting power and on this guy that we haven't quite seen. Hundred percent. That's kind of that's where I'm at. Is I think there's power there. We have not seen the power. The biggest thing I agree with on there is the playing time, and it's something all of us have talked about all all off season. Is there's so many committees at catchers now. Well, we kind of eliminated one, unfortunately, and that that changes things. The bats are king as much as we like to talk about it. So it is interesting to say the least. Uh, sticking in Arizona here, Jake McCarthy took the fantasy world by storm last year with his eight home runs and 23 stolen bases in 99 games, even hit for average. Uh, if you combine his minor league totals, 34 bags last year. Boy can run. That's clear. That's evidence. He has an ADP also of around 102 right now in the main events. How are you approaching Jake McCarthy? Because he's one of those guys that I'm so torn on because I like more of a power profile early than just speed. So I just don't think the power – I guess a full season maybe. 12 13 show up how are you looking at jake mccarthy all right just really quick before i forgot to mention it i, I made sure to really prepare for this because the on the wire boys were so damn good in the first half of that I'm, I'm looking at you guys i was waiting for an episode and then i saw it on your feed i was really excited so i was gonna walk into this unprepared like i said we don't have to get ready but i actually got ready for this one all right so okay. mccarthy this stinks i really wanted to like mccarthy because mm-hmm. again you know doing the work that i was doing with the daily show 
every day last year. It gets you quick on additions, right? If you're digging through advanced stats, playing time and all this stuff, not everyone's doing that. I had McCarthy everywhere. He carried me to some glory last year, right? So you want to kind of show him the love and start drafting him again. But let's be honest, the hit tool is really not great, right? He doesn't really walk enough. The swinging strike is too high. He chases too much. In zone a bit too low. He kind of outperformed across the board. Anytime you see a sub 300 X Woba, it's not like a great, it's not like a great hitter. I think the lineup placement is now in danger, right? With Carroll's, there's a chance that that's funny. Almost, I don't know. A guy like McCarthy, you might want him at nine rather than six. Yeah, like roster, re- roster resource has him at three, and I hate that. That's not it. I don't. I, yeah. Again, Jay, listen, Jason is awesome. awesome. I don't. I don't okay, see how he, he does inimitable work. He's also a little bit too powerful for one person in the fantasy baseball space. I mean 100%. that genuinely. I mean that from the bottom. Of, like I wish I was that, but I'm not. Maybe maybe I'm jealous, right? But it's the truth. He could he could move something, and it will actually create like a reaction. So, I, to me, that's a hard no, dog. You know, like no, McCarthy's <laughs> not going to bat. McCarthy's not going to bat third. I don't think at all. I think there's an outside chance that you get like second. I feel like that's a stretch. You know, the on base really worked because the BABIP was absolutely through the roof. I mean, you know, three thirty seven woba two ninety eight x is hard to repeat with again. The the walk skills is not really there. And, I mean, 28% fly ball rate, 37 pull, sub-5 barrel, 2% blast. These are not really kind of power metrics that you think of. But also, I've been splitting, and this is the stuff really I've been focused on in my rankings, is all the pulled stuff. So we had 36 pulled fly ball line drives. He didn't really do a ton of damage on him, and it was in 350 PA. So if he even had 600... It's not enough. I, I don't know, man. I think McCarthy's a bit – I think he's a bit overpriced. I get if he needs steals. He just fits, and it's tough, right, because people think he's one of those guys that could steal a million bases. But from the nine hole and with a flawed profile is a chance he's not as good as we want him to be. Yeah, no, we're on the same page. That's why I've been hesitant to rank him high like uh, a lot of people want to. There, there's a lot of big fans yeah. of him. Um, Atlanta Braves. This one kind of sucked coming down on Thursday. <laughs> I, was, I was a Rysel Iglesias fan just because – I still think he's one of the top end closers. You know, yeah, pay yeah. the top end premium for him, which is always nice. Um, shoulder inflammation. They're saying they're not saying it's like season ending, of course. But anytime I hear shoulder, I'm never happy. I guess just a bad deal all around. I'm still like not throwing in the towel until I see more information. I'll get some imaging back, something to give us a report. But he's starting the year on the IO. Uh, all signs point to AJ Mentor, my friend. So, how are you if you're going into drafts this week, and how are you looking? at the um the Braves closing situation because I only ask like some teams were like ah screw it but Braves are yeah. a darn good ball club they're gonna win ball games so mentor will get his chances and over the last four main events though ADP of 370 as high as 262. So how are you looking at the Braves situation? Well first of all Rysel Glacius now the clubhouse leader for sunk DC teams over the yes. last two years. Right. If you drafted him high you just paid the you just paid the price. He just destroyed you. And there's really nothing you can do the one thing I would say, which is has been tough, because I don't want to necessarily disagree with you, because I I'm in line with you when it comes to shoulders. Last year, if you I don't want to say overreacted, I'm sure if you reacted to these early shoulder injuries, you kind of got burned because it created a lot of good value. 
Zach Wheeler and Luis Castillo, two guys in particular, it was extremely high. And if you remember, I was making a tremendous stink about fading Walker Bueller for my SP1 overall, Zach Wheeler. And then he hurt his shoulder. I was like, run for your lives, you know? And he ended up being really good. Although he went through another injury and ended up being really good, which is why it was two separate injuries. He returned and was excellent afterwards. So whatever, that's a different story for a different day. But the thing is, yeah, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater just yet. Yep. I'm not going to pay any kind of premium. But you have to – you really do have to set a kind of bar for him where you're thinking if he only misses a month, which we saw. Because, mm-hmm. listen, that's yeah. a real thing. Even Gallon, Gallon last year, oh, it was a forearm yeah. thing. It was, oh, my God, forearm. But it was it was the other side of the forearm. What are we worrying about? And he ended up being really good. So maybe teams now are really like, hey, man, anything that's a little off kilter, we're just going to pump the brakes on him. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not crossing him off yet because mm-hmm. – and I think Silver was the first one. Rob Silver was tweeting about, of course, like he's obviously going to be objectively smart about this stuff. Is don't just be careful because we you could be talking about you know RP three yeah. from from May forward, and yeah. you know you cross them off your board. So don't do that. I think it would be Minter because they have other lefties. Although you know he has not been great uh, against righties last year. Already struggled nine percent walk rate, one point three WHIP against righties. But the Arsenal's pretty good fastball cutter and changeup. Max 331 X slug minimum 31% whiff rate. So yeah, you gotta think it's you gotta think it's midter. Like you said, they're competitive. They've also shown propensity of going to a, a singular closer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they go to a closer. So I think it's gonna be midter as long as he can as long as he could do it, providing the other lefties don't completely derail. Because if they do, okay. Minter probably gets a tough lefty in a big spot. Yep, that's that's the concern I have. They still have other lefties, like you mentioned, but if they fail, it's a big issue. Um, yeah. You don't have to give away all your strategies if you still have drafts coming up, but I agree with you, and I know you're an old-school WWF fan. Um, oh, yeah, obsessed. The million-dollar man always said everyone's got a price. Oh, yeah. So uh, with Rice Silks, I agree with you. Like, Wheeler, I was all about the dip last year. Rodon's been tempting me this year, even though I'm scared he's tempting because he's falling, like – there's dudes Perfect that there, there's a price. There's a price. So, what's your price on Iglesias? Because like over the last four D, uh, four main events, his ADP was around seventy. But I think I need to go lower. I think I'm in like the. To me, I'm thinking one ten to one twenty, give or take. Maybe it needs to be lower. Maybe I'm too low. So like, if you had to just guess, because it's all guessing, what's the price range for you? Well, something we talked about, or we talked about it off air, was the difficulty in rankings and like how, mm-hmm. oh, like oh, a guy got injured, so you move up one rank. It's not like that. The ripple in the pond creates all these different effects. People moving into different tiers and stuff. So it's gonna, it is hard to gauge. No, I'm not gonna go top. I'm not going top seventy. That's that's not happening. What I was getting at with the rankings is what I found that maybe it's a little bit like simplistic. I just start slotting him. Where does he fit in the list? I just passed Pete Fairbanks, where I think is. One, a very good pitcher. Mm-hmm. Two, I think he has the job on three, a winning team. So I wouldn't sacrifice that. That's where I'm going. Right. I, if I could check those three boxes, I'm going to take that first. So I think Fairbanks might be the last of those guys. Like, I'm not really sure how I feel about like a Barlow at that point. Yeah, and I think it's off the rail. So that's where I am. And that puts me at like 125, right? Exactly where you were saying. So, yeah. It's funny I didn't because you started saying that, so I opened up my my uh, my rankings, which I updated yesterday after the the Reese news. So Iglesias is updated. All these guys are updated. Reese's feces. Yeah, I don't want to hear about it. I'm depressed by that one. That's my boy, and he just went down the shitter. Um, but I looked, and I'm I'm almost in, in sync with you. 
I have a Glacius as my 13th reliever. He's right after the Fairbanks Paul Sewell range. Basically, right. for me, it's once we finish those guys that are pretty much locked in, and we start yeah. getting in the committee guys or the Barlows, which I'm not the biggest fan of. I'm like you, a Glacius slots in there for now. Until yeah, I hear Sewell's he's a good until I hear Sewell's he's more hurt. Yeah, until I hear he's if more hurt or not, I'll take the chance there going, okay, like you said, I had him ranked, I think, fourth or fifth, especially after the Edwin news. Like I love Iglesias. So I'll de- I'll take that chance at that point in time. All right, let's go to the yep. uh, we're still on the Braves. We're still on the Braves. Um, Plus, he's an easy Va- drop, right? He's an easy drop. That's the thing. He's an easy drop. He's not costing you a premium. So yeah. uh, that's good. Yeah. Vaughn Grissom, uh, all spring, people are like, oh, it's Vaughn. It's Vaughn. He can play shortstop. He can do it. And, you know, he could, I guess. But the Braves don't care. Uh, Orlando RC is going to be the shortstop. So Vaughn Grissom is in the minor leagues. The question I have for you, a lot of people drafted him. Are you dropping him? Are you taking him at a certain price in drafts, not knowing when he's coming up? Because I've heard different uh, numbers of when his you know extra year comes up type stuff. So how are you looking at Vaughn Grissom? Yeah, my I, he is he just recently popped up. Like I wasn't buying it at first because I didn't think the defense would be there. I thought that might add somebody, and that would answer my question. I certainly didn't think Orlando Arcia would take the job. When that people. appeared to be the case, that's when I started drafting Vaughn Grissom. So I'm trying to be only very clear that I, I wasn't on the train. I kind of hopped on, and I don't think I, I don't think the price was too high. He was going last of all the kind of second baseman. You know what I mean? Every anybody you would have taken first was gone already. India and Estrada, like any of the guys that I would have taken first, was certainly gone. You know, even Brandon Lau, all those guys were gone. So I didn't really pay any premiums, but I did hope I was getting some. A little roto juice, right? That's just how I described it. Home runs and steals, however they kind of come, definitely steals with a chance, you know, who knows, you know, to even from a nine spot really make some noise in front of the sickest, you know, front five or whatever. Right now, I'm not sure. He's not a week zero drop unless you need him to be because I think he checks a box of being a high upside player. But I wouldn't draft him at all right now. Even in a third, in a 30, I'm just going in other directions where the guys that I'm speculating on. I'm trying to think if any are National League. Oh, yeah, there are. Maybe we'll get to one later. You know, I, I want guys that might be able to make a splash. Like, yeah. you know, I, I like to make splash on bad teams, right? So I like – I've been dra- – I had a ton of, like, late Connor Capel. You know what I mean? Yep. This guy was available, like, in the six or seven hundreds or whatever. Yep. And he could make the, he could make the big club opening day, and you might get a little bit of love there. So I'd rather go for that route than a guy I think is going to be benched to start. 100% with you. And then with the uh, other injuries in the Braves rotation, you know, waiting for Soroka to come and, uh, and other situations, there's an opening for a fifth starter. Jared Schuster seems to have the, uh, the the path to success here. Dylan Dodds had a good spring as well. Um, some smart Braves fans in, a, in one of the discords I'm in said they don't even really need a fifth starter, though, for a, a week or so. So these guys might start in the minors for an extra reliever, so on and so forth, especially with the Iglesias news. Um how are you viewing like the Schusters of the world come draft day? Because they're they're popular names, they're moving up boards, but to me, there's still some question marks on actually what we're getting from them. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not there. I, I'm not uh, kind of uncertain where to spot them because again, it's not certainty who it is and if the fifth starter was named, if they're even going to get a whack. And I think and the simple caveman kind of uga uga slotting method. Yeah, they, they are going places where there's a to start the season with a chance to stay in the rotation. And I don't really know much about them. Listen, Schuster checks some boxes. You know, he had 139 innings last year. That's that's kind of one of the things I look for when I'm 
you know, looking for young pitchers that are going to get a, a spot this year or guys that need had at least 100 innings. So I'm not trying to demean them. You know, he's pretty good. 329 ERA, 105 whip good, 45 ground ball rate. This is Schuster. So he checks a lot of boxes, but again, I, I'm not reaching for any of these guys. I, I want more, I want something more sturdy, you know, and there's a lot of late pitching that I like. A, you know, we're not talking AL, but a, a Red Sox starter. Couple of Red Sox starters, I think, are going way later than he is. You know? Yeah, I'm a Brian. That Bayo are going to get fan. the ball. You know, but I, I'm a Bayo fan. I know who you're talking about, though. He has oh, I love them in combination. Yeah, I love them in combination. Cutter. Give me Cutter and Bayo in. Even if I have to take Bayo first, whatever you can take Bayo yeah. first. Right, you yeah. slot him right in the reserves. You come back and you're going to get Crawford in like really good matchups to start the year too. Yeah. From like pick six hundred. Yeah, you got to be careful. ADP is kind of stupid, you know. <laughs> yep. Yep. Get your guys. That's yeah. that's the bottom line. Get your guys. Uh, let's go to the Chicago Cubs here. And, you know, they're a team that probably is not going to be that great, but you never know. You never know. Baseball happens. Uh, they're they're in need of a closer. And right now it looks like it's either going to be Michael Fulmer or Brad Boxberger. Uh, it sounds like probably to potentially trade at some point in time would be my guess. Um, Fulmer's ADP is 233. Boxberger, 369. Are you trying to draft either one of these guys? I mean, you'd have to be pretty desperate. If we're talking like Fab and waiver leagues, I'd rather speculate somewhere else because I, I think it's going to be split. And I don't think either one of them really, you know, have the wow factor. They both have a double-digit walk rate, which isn't great. Fulmer had a 12% K minus walk last year. Even though he's got pitches with whiff rates, his command is not as good as I thought it was, you know, like from a narrative point of view. Boxberger has the 30% CSW, which is like a good place to start. But the fastball is not – is really not very good. So I'm not I'm – not, I'm not sure – I, the Cubs are probably going to go like a hot hand. Like they'll probably go with, if you look good, if you get the save, you get it again. And if not, you're probably out. And I wouldn't be surprised if five guys have eight saves for the Cubs this year. Yep. Yep. But, uh, right, Hughes is still there. Right. Couldn't Mike Brandon Hughes, might, he might just be the closer. Yeah. Right? Hughes could be the guy. Let's not forget Wick is still there who used to be a closer for them. Not saying he would be, but he's got history. So yeah, like, yeah, there's yeah, a yeah. lot he's of close games. Oh. There's a lot of options there in Chicago. He was, was like the guy down the stretch too. Like it was, yeah, he was even, the guy. Last that's kind year. of funny how we haven't he hasn't we haven't made him the closer. I, I don't know. I don't know how the public does these things. Like I don't know how they figure yeah. it out. I just know that that's weird, right? Because yep. that was Kyle Finnegan two years ago. This guy who's just not that great on a team that's not that great, but round and round the carousel went. He ended up being the guy who. Was gonna although Hughes had like a home run thing, he was getting the job done. Which I don't know how you, I don't know how you get saves while you're giving a home runs. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how you. That's rough. You pull it off. It's, it's, but, it's a skill. But he was he slammed the door for them down down the stretch, and it really yeah. wasn't a mishmash. So I don't know. Again, I, I want a little more definitive stuff. I think as I've entered into the high stakes arena, Bubba, I'd rather have not to say I want skill over role. But there's no role to be had there, right? You know what I mean? Yep. So if, if the role is uncertainty, give me the guys with the skills. Just give me the dope yep. skills and the filthy stuff. 100%. The guys you could maybe start anyway that might come down with a win during the week. Four yep. innings and maybe six Ks or three innings and five Ks. It's not as good as a starter. But they're better than bad pitchers that might get lit up and not save the game. 100%. I've yep. been, as I've started playing more high stakes, I've been with you. I've been using that approach more and more. I even mentioned it last night. I said, you know, when you guys, like someone asked about, you know, how much does pay in fab for two start streamers? I, and we said, well, a lot of two start streamers aren't any good, aren't any good, period. So um, sometimes a one start streamer is better or a middle reliever that's got some great matchups is even better than them. So yeah. keep that I in don't mind chase two starters at all. I think that's a losing, I think it's a losing method. I think it's a sign that your rotation's bad. 
bingo. And that's, that's a point I've been trying to make this season is be make my starting pitching even better. And I'll stream hitters this year. Yeah. You also, you know, I, I, with the handicapping work that I do, I, if anyone follows that stuff, they know, I kind of look at players and teams in terms of like sine waves and, you know, better teams have higher waves that last longer, yeah. but even bad teams win 60 games. And even the pirates score 10 runs sometimes. And if you're like, you know, yourself who follows daily, yeah. sometimes it, it happens in bunches. Guys kind of get, I don't know if it's hot together, they're just healthy together. You know, it happens. And there are times, this is a big thing for the fantasy community. They assign, like, the, I don't know if the jersey is what they're attacking. Like Pittsburgh, bad. You know, and that's not yeah. – sometimes it's like, yo, man, you really don't want to go up against the Pirates right now. You know what I mean? You, and and they're have, actually playing good baseball. Yeah, yeah. I remember <laughs> – you know what's funny? It actually got me a gig because I was on uh, VSID, and, you know, you got to make a call, and I wanted yeah. to be bold, and I believed in it. And I remember picking Zach Thompson with the Pirates – to beat the Dodgers first five, the Dodgers were like struggling with openers or something like that. And it, it, everybody's like, what? You know what I mean? It, it gets these crazy responses. Like, you can't do that. The Dodgers money line is minus 200. Yeah. Right now, you know what I mean? Like they're the pop. It's, it's baseball, yo. That's great. That's great. So, yeah. No, I don't I think chase jerseys like, yeah, yeah, you don't need to, you need to. And that's why, I, especially for daily, I shrink my sample size down. I like, give me the last week. Give me something small. Give, like I need to know these guys are playing right now. Not for the season. Yeah, healthy too, right? Yeah. You know, it's funny. People challenge like, oh, oh, there's no hot streaks. It sometimes. What if I just told you? What if I told you thirty percent of OPS was health? Yeah. Bingo. Then you let yourself game. He's not like hot right now. It's just healthy. Yep. What if I told you another fifteen percent of OPS was timing? And OPS, yeah. when a guy's running hot, it just means he's healthy and his timing is good because his yeah. freaking foot doesn't hurt right now. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, Shocking. We, don't, we forget these guys are regular people, man. You know, they're, they're major league baseball players. Work, Sucks, yeah. yo. Yeah. They're, sucks. The, they're the most talented baseball players in the world. But, yes, any injury is going to derail that talent. This is yeah. how it works. <laughs> yeah, and particularly hand stuff, right? You know, fingers yep. and wrists. They, like, there's plenty of injuries where the guy would tell you, I'd rather get hit in the head with a two-by-four yep. than have this finger injury because I can't do what I need to do. You know what I mean? Yep. It's, yeah. crazy. it's funny. The end, yeah, it is what it is. Uh, the other Chicago question I have for you because it's just a weird team for fantasy in general uh, Justin Steele and Hayden Wesniewski are two fun young arms that are, are talked about quite a bit. Steele has an ADP of around 309, Hayden Wesniewski around 219, so almost 100 picks apart. Who do you think finishes with a higher fantasy season? Yeah, I'm not a big Steele guy at all. I, mean, I don't really like Steele that much. Double-digit walk rate, 10% swing strike, 29% O-swing, 87 zone contact. So that's like a pretty rough combination. Right, you're not winning in the zone, 87 Zcon. You're not forcing chase rates. That's very low chase rate. The fastball is graded very low, 91 stuff plus. But I do my own. I do like objective stuff. I like to use measurements. People can kind of back test a little more. You know, I don't have all the algos for that stuff. So this is Justin Steele, 56% use on the fastball. That's way too high for 92 miles an hour and only 20% whiff rate. The reason being is almost 20 inches of vertical movement that's a sink, right? People, when you hear vertical move, we want that number low as possible. Those are your rising fastballs. They, they don't rise. They just don't sink as much as the field. And again, if you want to get a little, just the one, we won't go into weeds. We'll go in one weed. The reason why that matters, you want to throw a, a, a flat fastball. Then you aim that up in the zone. And then it has two kind of effects, right? So the a fastball with that angle will be harder to match to send out, but it's also higher in the zone and farther from the hand. So like you're, you're actually creating distance and making it harder right to get there. So that's part of like the, 
the why the high fastball is effective and why the shape can matter. So Steele, I don't think it has any of that. He has a good amount of arm side run, which is probably part of why it's effective. Like 15 inches is pretty good. But I'm not. A, I'm just not a fan of Steele. I like Wisnes. I think it's was. I think this is an S. I have Wisneski, although I don't know those names can be difficult. But anyway, yeah. he had a 218 expected ERA with the 20% K minus walk, 35 O swing on contact, 17% hard hit rate on fan graphs. I had to like double check that one, right? You're kind of rubbing your eyes when you see that one. You're going, yeah. gosh, I got to get outside. I've been doing too many spreadsheets. If I hear, <laughs> if this guy's popping up with a 17% hard hit rate, dude, he's really, really hard to get a hold of. He's got a devastating sweeper, 37 use, 299 X log, 34% whiff rate. Really, really good. The fastball is just kind of map. We were talking about this also. Sometimes, sometimes it's not in the diagnostics. It's in the tunneling and the sequencing and how you use these things. And he's pairing it with the sinker. That's been really tough on righties. 70, 70, 70% ground ball rate to righties for Wisniewski. Remember he was touted. He played for, what is that team? That team that's always crying poverty. That doesn't know how to develop pitching. That would be the New York Yankees. And she, the New York Yankees <laughs> traded Hayden Wisniewski for, believe it or not, Scott Efros and a bag of oranges. Right oh, around man. the same time, they traded Jordan Montgomery for some guy with a hurt foot that doesn't play baseball and another bag of oranges. So we're two bags of oranges richer now here in New York. Really, really terrible. I was very vo- – I love the Yankees. Like my, my son's bedroom is like literally pinstripe. Like we have – it's memorabilia everywhere. Like we love the Yankees. But I they are te- absolutely terrible when it comes to – got maximizing youth, I think I'd call it. They just don't develop anybody. It's awful. They're really, really bad. Really, really bad. All the young pitching. Imagine if the Yankees had J.P. Sears and Waldachuk and Wisniewski right now. We're talking about an exciting young rotation and not like some injured um, Frankie Montes. Are you kidding me? He's already hurt looking bad. Whatever. Yeah, so. Everyone knew he was hurt before they traded him. I never yeah, it's just terrible. That. And Newbar was like on the I.L. when the Yankees hurt and traded for him. He wasn't. He didn't even hide it. He was, he was already on the I.L. with the same foot injury that's, you know, floored several Yankees. Looking at you, Chinmig Wong. Man, I remember when he stepped on that base and it was over for him. You know, those foot injuries are a killer. That um, The Liz Frank stuff, just it just doesn't heal. They easily re-aggravate. So, whatever. You'd rather, I'd much rather have Wisniewski. I believe he's going to win the five spot. Rob DiPietro, just wearing the Widowmaker with a couple of studs in there. Uh, national champ, big Bobby Nissan's in there, too. And Wisniewski was like a last bidding round guy. So I had like the hammer and I dip went for like eight bucks, man. So just to give you an idea, you know, not to appeal to authority, but DPH was a fantastic fantasy player. And to go, I think it was like literally seven or eight dollars. So that'll give you an idea of sharp people are on Wisniewski, including myself, hopefully. So yeah, I think I think he's gonna be fantastic. He also has one of my highest honors. I'm I'm drafting him in underdog. So like that's big. Yeah, he's in the last round of under. I have him on a short list of pitchers that I think is worth pairing with your studs up front. Yeah, I think I think he's going to get the rock all year. I think he's going to be fantastic. Outstanding, outstanding. Yeah, I, I, I'm moving yeah. him up my boards as we speak. I like him a lot. I like him a lot. Let's go to the Cincinnati Reds, and we love Great American Small Park, the best ballpark to hit in these days. Um, and I want to talk about two outfielders mm. that, that to me are a lot of fun. Jake Fraley gets all the love. He's at an ADP of two forty one point seven five, but. Don't sleep on TJ Friedel is what I'm going to say at ADP of 328.5. I like him as an endgame extra outfielder if you need it, especially this opening week. They get six really nice matchups in Great American Small Park to start the season. 
Um, how do you look at these two guys? Uh, like I said, Fraley's the the guy everyone talks about, but Friedel's a, a baller too in my mind. I could be totally off here. But uh, what's your thoughts on these two Reds outfielders? I think Fraley is the reason we have DFS probably. So oh, his yeah. career – I could, this one too, I couldn't believe this was true. So this is Jake Fraley, career versus lefties, 149 batting average. This is correct, 476 OPS. Could that really be Oof. true? 35% Oof. K rate. Dude, he's not going to play against lefties. So, again, weekly leagues, I think he's, he's truly format dependent. He's site dependent, let's call it. Not format, five by five, but site dependent meaning weekly leagues, Fraley is not really touchable for me. NFBC leagues, he should be going a lot higher than he should because he's going to get – you're going to get lots of three and four game sets where he's playing that you absolutely want him. But, man, he's going to be very tough to roll out in weekly leagues if they see three lefty, he's not playing. He's objectively objectively terrible. Hold on, to Cincinnati, this I just can't get over. Uh, Again, people are on to like, oh, Cincinnati's a good ballpark. But I think because I've been purely separating the post-Humidor era, Bubba, Cincinnati's out of control, right? So not only did they lead the league in home runs, the ballpark, which is funny because the Reds stunk, right? But also not just totals, because totals can be misleading depending who played there. Top, I I think I was number one in home run to fly ball, home run per barrel, home run to blast rate. They only had one hitter that hit 20 home runs. No one else had over 15. Where did these home runs come from? They're all from the ballpark, dude. That's think about if the since dude. In, in, what I'm getting at is, if Cincinnati was actually good, those numbers would look freakish. They led the league in home runs and didn't hit home runs. They were 19th in home runs. Like so, this park is absolutely outlandish. Play frailly, total bases and home run props, DFS on those days. Again, short sets in Cincinnati. Jake, yeah, uh, TJ Friedel, dude, you don't have to tell me, man. Friedel's been my dude. In fact, he actually won me a couple leagues last year, like DC. He won me a DC league last year, right? And hard to find those plate appearances, leading off every day. Uh, I'm not sure why the market doesn't like him. He had over 2,000 plate appearances in the minors. His 600 plate appearance pace, which is also something I've been trying to highlight in my rankings, right? A good way to kind of digest these players. So his 600 plate appearance pace in the minors. 275 hitter on a 367 OBP. Okay. 90, 62, 12, and 6. I think it is. I, I, have, a, I have a 60. I know it's, I think it's 6. Yeah, I think 12 and 6. And we saw a bit of that down the stretch. Got to be careful with the Friedel season stats. He was up and down. They were not using him. He wasn't playing. He was, I, then he got hurt. They got demoted. When he came back and was leading all 43 games, 267, 2018, 8 and 2 in 43 games on the stretch, 890 OPS. Dude, 139 WRC plus. He had a 4% K minus walk, 27 chase rate, 89 in zone contact. Dude, I mean, the reason why that matters is, uh, prototypical leadoff hitter like hello dude they don't have the they don't have the hitters this guy's not hitting he's not hitting ninth this is not atlanta with grissom he's in a bat leadoff in front of john india tj friedel is going to lead off in cincinnati and he's not even being drafted right now i don't i don't know if he's 12 team viable i think he's 12 team bench viable yep 100 like i would i'm have a big high stakes point lead coming up I'm going to maybe draft him in a late. It's really tough because we talk about this, the rate of replacement, right? The waivers are very good. But, man, that, that's a hard that's a hard thing to, to pass up because leading off all year, you were talking about 90 runs. Oh, yeah. And, that and if he's going to be double-double, right? If he's going to go double-double, he even showed you some – you know what I do. you got to be careful kind of extrapolating. But, again, if a guy does it, it 
mean he could do it. And we talked about the ballpark. So he could be like 20 and eight and bat yep. 265 or better. And I don't want to even juice up his, uh, his 90th percentile is like comeback player of the year is like said Mullins from a few years ago, which would be weird. Yeah. You know, right. If he went 25, 25, people be shocked. Yep. But it's right. going to be half the ballpark, right? 20 are going to be at home. Five so I don't know. I really like Friedel. I think, I think plate appearances, um, uh, cost, Plus paid appearances, plus environment, plus underlying skill set. You know, I think he's got he's finally got a chance. See, I believe you know, that's something you talk about with players are human. Like he got a chance and he showed you everything you want to see. Why are we trying to find something wrong with that? I just think he's good. Yeah. Yep, I'm with you. The dude's good. He's very good. And uh and the splits um, are strong too, I think. Yeah. Uh, he's to me, it's funny, like especially if you want to use the splits argument, he's better than Fraley. Fraley might have the overall better skill set. I'm not going to argue that conversation, even though I think it's closer than people think. That's why I asked the question. Yeah, I, I think Fraley's pop is he's got much yeah. better. He's got much better pop. Yeah, but the, the reason I wanted to bring it up is because like it seems like Fraley is like the guy, the forgotten man, and he shouldn't be. Like these guys, in reality, they should almost be going next to each other in drafts, in my opinion. Where yeah, I mean, I so like far apart. I like Fraley apples to apples, yep. providing the format. Like I said, NFBC man, Fraley is uh, Fraley is pretty exciting. Because you're talking about a guy that's – there aren't many players like that that are – you can't even look at them against one hand and a hitter, and then they're – you know, it's like Jock Peterson level type stuff. Yep. No, yep. that's crazy. That's crazy. Uh, what else is crazy is these flamethrowers that the Reds have atop their order. Just wish it was a different ballpark. But they'll make it work here. You got Hunter Green. You have Nick Lodolo. Green at ADP around 97. Uh, Lodolo around 117. That's, that's spaced out recently. Like earlier in draft season, it was yin and yang uh, most of the yeah. time. Now they're, they they got about a 20, 20 pick buffer zone. If you had to pick between the two, are you going green or are you going the dolo? Oh, I don't know. I guess I don't know. I guess it's green. I guess it's green. But after doing kind of the deep dive on him, and I'll, well, I'll be quicker. This one I had tweeted about Hunter Green came out of the All Star break. The velo was up two miles an hour. He pulled back on the slider for more of the fastball. Not that the slider was bad. Twenty two ninety x look thirty eight whiff. The fastball is one of the best in the game. And down the stretch, he was a straight-up god. You know, six games started, 35 innings, 102 ERA, 0.85 whip. He had a 31% K minus walk. Not 31% K rate, 31% K minus walk. So I think if you if you showed it to us, it's a skill you own. Hunter Green is, could be Cy Young this year. So I, the ballpark, I don't know, man. You know, when he misses up in the zone, he's going to give up home runs. I think that's what it is. Hopefully, they'll be reticent, uh, reticent of throwing it with men on. That's the best I could give you where you just might get like a Garrett Cole kind of thing, right? Listen, Garrett, the ballpark in Yankee stadium is not doing Cole any favors when he misses those are home runs. Yeah, so look up. at which is, listen, it's a pretty high praise for green. If you could think about him like Garrett Cole, Lodolo, right. see, I, I was dinging Lodolo and he's one of the guys you needed the microscope for because between the injury and the pitch mix, I think the season long stats are a bit misleading. He ended up making a bit of an adjustment and throttling the sinker, which is what you wanted to see, was his worst pitch, you know, for that four-seamer, which he's got so much like horizontal movement on. It's really good. And that curveball, which I, I described as colon collapsing. I mean, I don't <laughs> even know how anybody – I don't even know I, – I, whatever. If you see that thing, I just, oh, just drop – I would just drop the bat on the floor. It has a 46% whiff rate. He also, down the stretch, was really good. 88, last 88 innings, 335 ERA, 30% K rate. But the whip's up there because the walks are not great. So I, I would go green over Lodolo. And then I know you asked about Ashcraft, who, dude, the guy throws straight up smoke. Yep. And he's going to get the ball. Little hard to start in Cincinnati. 
you know, just because the bat, you know, everything goes crazy there. Everything just goes like he's going to have more pitch to contact, which is not what you want there. So I think Ashcraft's a good streamer, like in a deep league. He's probably a pretty good streamer. You get him on the road in Pittsburgh, you probably want him. You know, he showed some strikeout stuff this spring also, but, you know, yeah, he's the guy where I think the park matters maybe more. Yeah, he seems like he's going to find the zone and give him a lot more contact, and that gets you in trouble there. So, uh, but then again, he can strike out, guys. He's proven that as well. So we'll have to kind of wait and see with him. But ADP at 349 makes him interesting, to say the least. Let's go to Colorado because we have to, and they're next up on the list. Um, you know, you could make arguments. Hey, Jerickson Profar is going to lead off now, and he's free in drafts. That's cool. I'm not going <laughs> to argue that. Not going to argue it. But the one question I want to ask about the Rockies, just because I have my biases that listeners know by now with Chris Bryant. His ADP is 138.5. He's already having, quote-unquote, back issues in the spring training. Are you even looking to draft Chris Bryant? I mean, I – not in a serious league, no. Yeah. And definitely not in a long-term league like I uh, no draft and hold, certainly not. Yeah. I think yeah. because I have some exposure to GPP stuff, underdog, drafters, these kind of top payout tournaments, I think you can't undersell the potential on a weekly output for a guy like Bryant. Right? Like, so Bryant in cores – is probably in line for some pretty diesel spike weeks. That's as far as I want to take it, though. Right, again, it's very easy to ding ding him, right? He missed it last year. He stunk or whatever, but he had 4,000 plate appearances of an 880 OPS, 135 WRC+. plus. He hit three home runs this spring training already. He's batting 320. The thing is, he's kind of going around guys that are the same kind of prototype as him, right? Yep. Santander and who's he? I got one more. Oh, and Cast- Castellanos. Yep. They're kind of... Right, it's like a no speed, purely power. You're hoping to get some average. You would think Bryant would be the best batting average guy. Coors is certainly going to help that. Yeah. How is he going to respond to the travels right now and the rocky road and all that stuff? Sometimes it could be a headache dealing with Colorado. Although he's playing every day, he's healthy. I think. Right, he's DHing when he's not. Yeah, if he's the field. if he's healthy, he's playing every day. No doubt. About That's it. what I mean. So I, I have him in like best ball stuff, but I'm so worried about the injuries and. The surrounding context are so bad. Like, you could literally pitch around them. They're terrible. 100%. That's why I just put one question for the Rockies. It's just such platoons, so many headaches yes. there. And Bryant is the only viable guy. But it's like you said, if he gets hot, what stops them from walking him four times? Yeah. Like, or in the like... age of these awful teams, like off-the-page bad teams, like Colorado, I think, is. They're close. We saw the Juan Soto with Washington right before the exit. Yeah. The guy will have 27 home runs and 35 RBIs like that. Even that doesn't yep. that doesn't really pay the bills. You know, you got to get home run. You got to get and then because it gets walks a damn much. Even if Soto's average happened to be low, but even if his average was high, it's almost not like a carrying tool because yep. it's, it doesn't happen enough. So I'm afraid that's what you're going to get for Chris Bryant, which again maybe makes you poke your ears up for like a point league, right? If he starts, yeah, that's to why drop... your your underdog comments very good because also it's like they take the best stats for each week. So if he has a bad week, well, you have other options. So I, right. I like and the how under, how high could the highs be? Bingo. Chris Bryant running hot in cores no. could be a you know this a, you know not to exaggerate but the six home run week, right? We just see those yeah. kind of happen, and that's what moves the needles in those tournaments. Plus we know. Outfield is very shallow, so like he kind of checks a few boxes, but no, like yeah, in the main event qualifiers I'm playing and stuff, I don't want. Yeah, I feel you there. 
Let's go to the Los Angeles Dodgers. J.D. Martinez had a rough year last year. We know that, but Dodgers signed him. You know, you got the storylines of his old hitting coach and everything, and I believe in, you know, some positivity goes a long way for some of these guys. A lot of things between the years are tough for some ballplayers. Um, not saying it's going to fix him, but you're also not paying a premium anymore for J.D. You're paying 212.80p for J.D. Util only. It's a little bit of a hindrance. Not going to deny that. But, again, past ADP 200 on a Dodgers team is not the same Dodgers of old. Let's clarify that as well but should hit in the middle of that lineup pretty much every day. Are you interested in the JD bounce back? Oh, 1000%. This is one of the first kind of UT guys I've ever been interested in. I'm hoping it, I'm hoping it's a sign of growth, right? Cause that was a lot of the things when you, well, a lot of the things, and again, yeah, I, I know you. I'm like a smart guy or whatever, but coming into NFBC, I had my clock cleaned on all of the mistakes you can make, right? Not valuing catcher plate appearances, not maximizing my in-week lineup moves, right? All the mistakes that you can make, I made. And not drafting UT was one of them. And I think when the quality of hitter matches the price, sometimes you just need to – something great that you know – well, Bubba, how about this? You know I'm listening to your work when you're just drafting the stats, right? Yep. Worry less about the position and more about the stats. And it's helped me a lot this year. Like if people look at my OC team I tweeted, I tweeted out the other day, I literally took Tim Anderson and like Willie Adamas back to back. Like I'm, I'm – building stats instead of the other problems. Okay, so why why do I like J.D. Martinez in, an, in a nutshell? Um, this one, I don't remember you and Toby. Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom has created weight management programs that are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. So stop chasing health trends and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Covering this specifically, JD Mark. Okay, no UT. Okay, so Toby absolutely. I hope he's listening to this. He's one of my favorite analysts. He absolutely would have sniffed this out. I guarantee you, he already has. It just hasn't been on air. 
Okay, so he likes he likes JD Martinez. Okay, and this is why, right? So 2021, JD Martinez had 53 barrels. He had 28 home runs. Last year, he had 49 barrels on a 12.4 barrel rate, the same exact barrel rate as last year. He converted a few less because of the appearances, right? But the home run total was 16. Everything else is in line for J.D. Martinez. He had a a really low, although, you know, it's something, again, that Toby kind of sparked for me. Although it's not a pure stat, not that I'm not saying he claims it, yeah. it is. When you use home run to barrel rates, it's a great remember, indicator, though. Yeah, yes, yeah, so agreed. It's, remember, it's not necessarily measuring all barrel home runs. You could hit home runs that weren't barrels, and vice versa. But it's going to point you to the outliers, and I think Bingo. that's what matters. Bingo. And I think yeah. that's what the point Toby was trying to make again. I'm not, you know, yeah, I'm never trying to misframe anybody. Well, no, no I, I want to clarify something real quick. We talked a lot off air about different stats, different metrics, this, that, and the other. How do you utilize things? I think the biggest thing, like uh, I know Toby's very, very analytically smart, and I think it's a great one he uses. Um, Ryan does it with his bloom boards. The whole idea of some of these statistics is to point you in the direction to maybe do some more research to see if a guy was, you know, fact or fluke. Let's just put it that way. It's there's I don't know if there's yeah. any one stat that's a hundred percent. Yep, that's the bottom line. It's because you know that stat said so. Like that's just I don't think that's the way it works. But maybe there is. I'm skeptical of pretty much all of them. But uh, yeah, I, I will utilize them at the same time. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So back to what you were saying. I just want to clear because I think the, the home run per barrel thing that Toby does is, I think, a great indicator on, you know, was it a good or a fluky situation? His was insanely low, 30, 32.7%. Remember, it's not a conversion rate, but it's a home run to bow rate, which, again, I definitely definitely has a spot. I mean, it's so – it is so incredibly low. You know, you just the, – the guy the guys down there are just not what you'd expect. I'm looking at it right now. It's It was – it's just ridiculous. Like, you know, Yoshi Sasugo was down there with Bradley Zimmer and Lurie Garcia, Donovan Solano, like just really, really bad. You know what else? There's another one down there, and it's another outlier, and it's Jose Abreu. Jose yeah. Abreu actually had – how about this? Jose Abreu had – he had more barrels in 2022 than he did in 2021, and only had half the home runs, literally lopped in half. So be careful. But, oh, he's starting to pull fly balls this spring. Oh, yep. so, yeah, you just got to be careful with some of these things. Yep, you know I'm your fan because I, I can quote your work, man. I, I appreciate listen. that. Yeah, you, I listen, dude. I listen. You flatter me. You flatter me. Yeah. I listen. Um, I listen, man. I listen. I appreciate it. Uh, Miguel Vargas has been a fun one. You know, he, you know, messed up fingers, so he can't swing a bat forever. Now he's hitting again. Um, he should be the starting everyday second baseman. That's what they want, which is great to hear. He's first base eligible on the NFPC, so that'll take about a week and a half before we can flip that to second base. But then you get that MICI eligibility, which is yeah. primo stuff right there, folks. Yep. So um, are you, besides just the eligibility kind of tempting you, are you a believer? Is Vargas the real deal? Because the hype train's pretty high on this kid, and the Dodgers are willing to roll with him right now too. So there's got to be something to that as well. I mean, his his – minor league track record is like erotic it's ridiculous but it's ridiculous you know over 1800 plate appearances batting 313 and just it's power and speed with average you know like year after year consistent 140 or better wrc plus he does it all but the little bit we saw last year struggle and that's okay a lot of times i know i have this in my work i like that like, I like for a youngster to come up and struggle because it's not because I want them to struggle. People are so stupid when they think that's what I mean. I want them to get accustomed to game speed, but then have an off season to prepare for that game speed. 
rather than going into preparation for an unknown, which again, prepare, you know, I'm being partly subjective, but these are objective assertions, at least. It's easier to prepare for the known than the unknown. So I, that's what I generally like to see, especially with high talent guys. I'm not a big spring training guy, but I was kind of hoping we've been, it's been rough for Vargas. I think I, as of this morning, I think I had 33 plate appearances, batting 212 with a homer, no steals and 14 strikeouts. They've been pretty clear about it being his job, but we've seen excellent prospects with all the track records Mm -hmm. and the belief in them fall on their face in small sets. Again, we're still wondering if Jared Kelnick is going to be good. We don't know. We don't know. So I, I, I don't want to knock Miguel Vargas, the ball player, like where I think – I think people do that too. They say, if you don't think he's going to immediately be good, you don't think he's going to be great. The guy could easily yeah. be a Hall of Famer. I'm not talking about that at all. It's, exactly. that's like no, that literally has nothing to do with this. It couldn't have less to do with this, right? This does not yeah. affect his career arc. But we are in the business of trying to predict what's going to happen right now. It doesn't look good, man. I, I uh, Again, I've eliminated him from my underdog drafting. He's on that bubble of, if you've been following my best ball stuff, I think there's way too many available infielders late. You should be mixing and matching tons of everyday front of the lineup guys. But right now, I'll give you an example. A guy like, I'd rather have a Torkelson than a Vargas. And the reason, only because, again, just in the same vein of skill, prospect, disappointment, where in the cycle are we? Yeah, and, and I am chasing free training for this. Well, and it goes back like to your process of torque got to play last year, got to get those bumps and bruises and and, and age and people have given up on it. No, yeah, Dave, it's hilarious. Like I talked about him on my Tigers preview. I said, I get it. He's still young. There might still be hiccups, but to be able to walk into camp this year and be like, hey, it's your job and and Miggy's going to help you compared to you got to work for a job last year. That's a that's a whole different animal right out the gate. Like 23 years old, both of these guys, both yeah. Torque and Vargas, only 23. Way too early to be making determinations. Okay. So, but that's what I, that said, it's, it looks, it looks yeah. murky right now. And if you're doing like the draft champion thing still, you probably want to go like the Michael Bush route also, just yeah. in case. Yeah, right? a little probably, backup plan. That's a good. That's call. a great backup plan, right? Yeah. The first of all, the Dodgers are shh. No, I was wondering, I couldn't, I was having trouble wondering why they seemed like they were a bit uninspiring as far as like offseason moves go and then when you start to dig into what's going on under the under there Uh oh they have pitching like crazy you know i'm not a big prospect guy i normally but i wait for them to come and suck first and once they frustrate the prospect guys and get dropped that's what i i swoop in you know what i mean so i'm i think vargas would be good but i can't make any promises for this year it could get rough you know yep adp of 159 is rich um let's go to james outman it is it's very good. Let's go to James Outman, who made the team. That got announced. He's going to be like the fourth outfielder, kind of, and uh, it's just a matter of when he'll play. That's the biggest question, because the hit tool is pretty darn good. He did it in the minors. He's done it in the spring. His ADP is 398. In a 15-team, are you taking a chance on that, given he's pretty much a platoon guy for the time being? Uh, I think he's going to get a shot part-time to start. The Dodgers are very good at rotating. I th- and I think you know what we're seeing that among the better, the more analytically driven teams. I know I bash the Yankees. Uh, their their youth development is poor. Their handling of the offense has been very good. I think the way you look, it's almost hard to track the Yankee offense. Everybody seems to play every day. The same for the Dodgers. Everyone seems to play every day, and that's when you know they're doing something right. So I think he's going to get woven in, and I think he's better than what they got right now. 
Uh, again, I have to kind of do a little bit extra work. You know, thank the on the wire guys for this because I wouldn't have normally done this extra bit. Outman rocked me the Miners last year. Yep. 294, 101, 106, 31, and 13 in 560 plate appearances. Bro, whoa, wowza. Yeah, he's smoking it. That's everything. Now, where I worry about my own ability to understand these things is I don't understand the defensive capabilities, and I think a lot of times that is probably the answer. So it's like, you know, when you hear the smarter guys, you know, Eno is really in touch with um, the minor leagues. So understanding, like, who could play center field, or even like you mentioned, Gino, I am always following James Anderson. That's where I'd want to go to find out. You know, I don't mind. I don't always have the answer. I outsource to people. If we're talking pure hit tool, he looks awesome. And I think he's going to have every chance to play his way into an everyday role. So the dog, man, the dog is right. That was another piece. But you didn't even know who that was. Like, I never really heard of him. He was part of the guys I've been drafted. I actually have a bunch of late, really late shares. I have a ton of late Altman shares. A ton. Yeah, I I had like him. Yeah, I was like him. I like Capel. I have some. And then what the Washington guys like Stone Garrett and Alex Cole. Yep. I have some of that. Like, hey man, you go for bad teams and sometimes good teams. Bad teams produce fantasy players too. Yeah, yeah, right, right. We need we get to hit too. It's our turn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A couple more on the Dodgers because good teams get more questions. Uh, Dustin May. This is one that you know I just have tough time figuring out the innings for him because if I knew he was free to go, sure, talent's great. Um, his ADP is 137.5 right now, though, so you're still paying a pretty good price tag for, to me, some question marks, but some very smart people are all aboard the May train. So how are you looking at Dustin May? Big John? Oh, I'm sorry. It's it's it, it's yeah. I'm sorry. It skipped a bit there. But it's uh, it's Dustin May. Yeah. How are you, how are you looking at how are you so, looking at Dustin May this year? Well, if there's really smart people on him, that is one mediocre smart person on him. I I really like Dustin May, but this has come down to my major problem for this year, and I think it's everybody's issue. Is you mentioned this, assigning innings pitched. The people I want to disagree with, right? So I do not want to disagree with you. Worried about his innings. If your argument is centered around the innings, and you just don't see it, dude. I'm not going to push back. I, I don't know. That I don't know. The people I am disagreeing with are the people kind of, I don't know, degrading the per inning efficacy. Okay. I think he's, I think he's ridiculously good. Like not just, exactly. not just I good. I know I'm going to shout out my boy Venancio. Me and Ryan V yep. are, are in this the same way. You know, he is ridiculous. I just think, I'm, again, I don't throw that stuff away, throw it around often. I also do a lot of granular pitching work. You pop the hood. It's 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 a race car. You know what I mean? So what I have for Dustin May, upside is comeback player of the year. You get enough innings to win something like that. We also saw, remember what Spencer Strider did in 130. Yeah. Yeah, something I've heard, I, again, you've been talking about. We have to lower the expectations because, right, at 220 innings, yeah, there's one guy that does that. And there's another three that go 200. Yep. The 180, you know, 180 is the new 200, 150 is 180, now 130, which was not ever considered impactful, is. 130 is the new floor for what you can do damage in. And I think he could do that, right? Yep. So I think he's one of those guys. I think the K rate in 2022 people are looking at, it's just, that's not where you want to be looking. Yeah. All the under the hood stuff's fantastic. And he was one of those people I mentioned to you off air in the rarefied, legit rarefied air 
of the one of the single best fastballs in the entire league, right? So we're talking about this list is Verlander, DeGrom, McClanahan, Hunter Green. I think it's Michael Kopech. And then, you know, Dustin May with like Josiah Grace in the Calamaro. That's another conversation for another day. But 13.4 V-move, 10.2 horizontal. So he's able to keep it flat with a ton of arm side run. And again, this is kind of what bothered me. Is people said, well, he managed a 31% whiff rate on the four-seamer, and that's somehow unsustainable. See, that's where I push back because no, 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 no. Yeah. You give me those fastball diagnostics, and it's 98 miles an hour, and he works it up in the zone. No, that is – no. No, that if there's a fastball that carries a 31 whiff, like yeah. that's it. You know what I mean? Like that, like that's it. You know, what I mean? it's funny because you would think the velo people would have been onto it because it's got velo, but I've heard that quoted a few times that the they're citing the K rate from 22, not like the underpinning stuff. So I think May is like for him, but it's the innings. And I feel like I don't know. The Dodgers have been good at keeping Kershaw out there. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to do some six-day stuff. I don't know the answer to that. Like I said, if, if you're worried about innings, you probably should be. Yeah, but that, I'm that, not that, worried about – yeah, I'm not worried about uh, about um, impact. He's absolutely on my best ball rosters because he's the kind of guy, if he goes out and a real big two-start week is – you know, as good as anybody, because there aren't that many oh, yeah. guys that can go six or more with 10 Ks or more, you know, and really, really move the needle. So I think where he's going, he's one of those big time impact guys. But if he goes 40 yeah. innings, I'm like, huh? Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I think a talent's ceiling, but I'm just, uh, my concerns are a little different. Um, let's talk about the closers real quick for the Dodgers. As of late, David Roberts said it looks like it's between Hudson and Gratterall. Everyone loves Evan Phillips. That one didn't get mentioned by Dave Roberts. But let me be clear, as a Giants fan, I have no problem talking down to Dave Roberts. And <laughs> um, and his word only goes so far. Let me throw that one to you. He knows how to move rotations around, batting orders mm-hmm. around, bullpens around. So I'm still not saying Phillips won't get his. That's all I'm trying to say here. Yeah. But he's made a statement. So how are you approaching this? Because it's a team that's going to win a lot of ball games. You're going to want some of this if you can find it the, the right way. Well, I'm kicking myself in the arse, at least partially. And this is another reason why I'd like to secure – I like to draft players like Rice Alaglacius <laughs> to, yeah. sure to make sure that I secure those saves. Bubba. Or last year, drafting guys like Will Smith. You know, So they're really, it's a very difficult game that we play trying to secure saves. I th- thought Phillips had the best stuff, and I thought he checked the most boxes. I also thought – the Dodgers fit that mold of teams that go to a single player. Yep. So I, my hope was we're talking about RP1 and maybe not even like an RP1, but maybe like one of the RP1s, yeah. like top three RP. But of course I said, well, I got like Phillips and Synthesia and those happen to be the two names that he didn't mention. So I, maybe I'm on the outside looking in right now. I'm not going to be adding those names. Although... If that statement, let's say, knocked Phillips back to where he's available in the 29th or 30th in one of my qualifiers that I'm in, I still think I would take a stab at it because I think the potential is still there. And again, if he doesn't get it, you could move on pretty easily. Yep. Uh, I don't blame you there. I think there's still some legs to be had in that situation. Yeah. Uh, some legs that might not be had in the situation, the Miami Marlins. Let's talk about them for a few minutes here. Um, a couple outfielders that disappointed last year, Jorge Soler, Avisel Garcia, 
you're getting a discount now. Uh, Soler 296, Garcia 331. I think we kind of know who these guys are. I think we can both kind of agree they might be a little better than they were last year. Um, they're not ceiling plays by any means, but there might be something there. Maybe I'm totally wrong. Are you buying into a potential yeah. Solera or Avisil Garcia bounce back situation that makes them worth these draft prices? I mean, if if you get stuck without power, I think Solera is one of the better late sources, but the the hit tool is so flawed. Yep. And they have other players kind of challenging for that spot. They might not have a ton of patience with him, right? You just, and you also, you know, it's a dead zero in steals, which can be a bit of a killer. There's also a batting average floor that you might not want to deal with. There's also a potential, which we've seen for 30% K rates combined with, you know, 80% or lower in zone contact. It's really, really tough. The plus side is that the power profile for Solaire is like, you know, it's godlike. Right, especially me, if I'm going to be out here touting pull power, 50% pull, 40% hard hit rate. And again, where I think the microscope comes out, you often hear the 12% barrel, which again is very good. But he has a 10% blast rate. So not everyone is doing that where I like to narrow the lens of the barrel to the blast. And it really gives you an idea of there are some hitters, Bubba, that have a lot of barrels that are not blast. That kind of they snuck into the barrel bin a little bit. And remember, yeah. we've had a change in the ball. And we've also not not only had a change in the ball, we've seen a degradation in production, right? So we've seen production on barrels physically drop. And I when I started looking at um like Anderson's board with the park from his park data stuff, dude, there are five different parks last year that had a sub 40% home run to barrel rate. Wow. That's awful. Think yeah. about that. It's awful. So me like uh, very much in depth with in the weeds with handicapping TFS and stuff, player props. All of a sudden I was out here chasing barrels. It matters where they happen a lot more than I Bingo. thought. Bingo. You know, yep. so like again, uh, this, and this again is a key to why Derek Cardi's bat stuff is so, has been so impactful on the offensive end because he stresses environment, which again, you should, yeah. but the thing to chasing barrels, they're not all created equally. Bingo. So I like to use blasts because now blasts are going out. Like blasts have, you know, 60, 70, 80% or better home run rate. They're almost always going out. They have, I think, a, like a like a 3,300 slug. You know what I mean? So like Jesus. that's what you're looking for, right? That's what you're looking yeah. for. And so he doesn't just barrel it. He bl- he blasts it. Yeah. So the, the, the power for Solaire is legit. I want to make sure I got that out there because I know he gets killed for the, the floor tool. You also mentioned... I like Avi Garcia, but unfortunately, I don't know if it's I don't, maybe it's me. I doubt it's me. Someone else probably liked him more popular than me, and now he's getting a little bit expensive. Yeah, like I don't want Garcia as my fourth outfielder in NFBC. I wanted him as my UT or even a reserve player. And he's you know people are seeing yeah we have we have two very productive seasons from him, and not yeah. so long ago, twenty twenty one he was out, was he outfielder I think I've. 25 or 26. He went 262, 68, 86, 29, and 8. Dude, that's a really good season. You know? Very good season. He's not a bad player. Yeah, he was also very vocal about uh, being out of shape and unprepared, which again, yeah. you know, on one hand, it's very easy. Oh, he's a professional ball player. Uh, you're right. You know, you're not wrong. Yeah. But what about like the human side of the guy taking? The, I mean, uh, I d- dove into this for the athletic. You know, it's paywall, so I like to do a little bit more. Dude, extensive articles in the Miami Herald. Legit. I mean, yeah. 
legit sports page stuff, not like fluff about him and following him around in-depth interviews that he was like, I was really, I really disappointed myself and everybody else. Yep. In not so many words, like I kind of got the bag. He wasn't focused. And then he said he got behind the routine. And now once you're behind a routine for a lot of players, it spins out of control. It's funny, you and Ryan actually closed out your show again. You know, I'm listening. Close out to your your show about doing preparation now because once the season starts, it can get away from you because everything's happening so fast. And and that's what it sounds like happened to him, that he didn't spend enough time. He starts pressing. Yeah, right. He, right. He just wasn't, and, and he was out of shape and he didn't feel good. Yep. And that led to injury. So he, not the best shape of his life, but he corrected that. Okay. So I'm not, I'm, I'll be, it's going to be good because he lost some weight. No, but he, he is now saying he's back on the track that he had been on that put him in those good spots. I, I think he's a really good candidate. Again, just to do that, right? To hit 25, maybe steal another eight to 10, maybe hit 265. All of a sudden, shoot, man. You know, he's a very productive fantasy asset. So if I had to choose to be Garcia, because I think it's a bit more balanced, I think he's really talented. I don't think yep. I don't think we kind of speak of Garcia. He's very right? good. Yeah, and uh, there's some elite. I saw some elite stuff. Oh, yeah, 116.8 max EV last year, right? So even in the garbage kind of season, that's elite. 117 yep. is, you know, top he's, of the board. So. He's still hitting the ball. That, yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah, that's the thing. He's not doing it consistently. Right, um, right. <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm with you. Like, I, I love Abby. I'm, I'm looking yeah. for Abby quite a bit over Solaire. Unless you need the power, that's a big caveat. If you're leak on power, Solaire does fit the molds for sure. Um, I'm going to ask you because I ask pretty much anybody when we start talking Marlins. Are you a believer in Sandy Alcantara doing it again? Because I'll, I'll caveat this one. I think he's an amazing pitcher. I'm never going to doubt that. He has to have the innings, or he's not the ADP he deserves. That's the bottom line for me. So that's what makes yeah. it tough. Are you in on Sandy Alcantara? No, I I have been going with the higher impact per inning guys. Yep. Okay. Again, worried that even one or one IL stint, well, everything it, knocks down when it comes. All down it takes is going six innings instead of seven innings. Still great starts, but that changes yeah. everything on the course of a season. Yes. Yeah. So that said, I still think he's going to lead the league in innings pitched because of his style. Yeah. Although I think, and this is one of the things we don't know, we don't know how the shift, the whole shifting will work. Remember. Okay, so he's he's awesome, right? Like, let's not. I, I think that, I think we do that too much, too bad. Because the strikeout number isn't gaudy, that somehow he can't generate swings and misses, and like that's not true, right? So he had a twelve point two swing strike, but he had a thirty eight zero swing, so he can generate swings and misses. The changeup and the slider. This is Sandy Alcantara. Also have a thirty one percent whiff rate. Whereas going with the with the shift is. One, we may just see pitchers straight up come out of the box choosing whiff-inducing pitches over ground ball-inducing pitches because they don't have the crutch of the shift. Again, it's not conspiracy theory. There's a le- There are fewer humans with leather gloves standing over there, and that's why I'm doing it, right? There's a, it, and there's a reason that the shift is a rule because it works. So there's it, a little bit It's funny. I understand we don't want to like overreact, but we absolutely should react because there's a yeah. reason that that – one, there's a reason they did it, then it, there's a reason that they changed it and disallowed it because it was so impactful. But what we should be doing is, oh man, this guy is a contact guy and that's going to hurt him. We don't know that. Like I'm looking at you, Framber Valdez. You know, we just might see more of, in Framber's case, more of the cutter in, and in Sandy's case, more of the off-speed changer slider combo. Yeah, dude, thirty-one percent whiff rate on you know a majority of your pitches is fine. That's a that's a strike. That's a strikeout. That's strikeout stuff. 
there. If he, I, and what I mean is, I think if the, let's say he doesn't change his method and it leads to ball squeaking through, I think you're going to see then an adjustment, right? Yeah. So I, I think saying he's going to be fine. I think he's excellent. He's one of the best pitchers in the league. Yeah. But the way things are constituted, yeah, you mean, dude, that's a max amount of IP. Yeah. I don't even know. I, I'm not very good with historical stuff. I'm always focused on, like, when can I make money right now? But he outpaced the entire league by 23 innings yeah, or something. It wasn't close. It wasn't close that's last That's crazy. Year. Come on. That's cr- absolutely crazy. That's like four starts for some guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And to be, hold on to that note. You know I like money starts, right? Because I don't. I hate kind of yeah. quality starts. So if anyone's unfamiliar, long story short, oh, money it's, start. it's a phenomenal stat. I've had John on the show before talking about it. It should be established somewhere. Right. So so money start is seven innings minimum, two earned runs maximum. Right. Yeah. To me, like, oh, that's like that's, that's a awesome. right? yeah. That's you're right. lined up for a dub. <laughs> All right, so, dude. See, I mean, again, sometimes sometimes I run stats and then I go back. I'm like, oh wait, he, this is broken. So Alcantara had 32 games started, you know, one more uh, than, you know, Bieber, let's say one less than Cole. He had 24 quality starts. 20 of those were money starts. So 62.5% of the times he went out, he went seven and two. So you got to keep that in mind when you're like, I don't know about the strikeout stuff because if the, if the, method he has that works then yeah you, he's gonna go out and give you seven every time so like it's just so he's so good man but it's just crazy you know i i think i think i ding him in five by five but i i don't knock him down in head to head because yeah that well, head to head inning that extra, elite yeah 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 the those inning pile that compiled innings with the quality start plus win combinations yeah. are tremendous right so Big i time. actually like him more than I, in hh than five by five and you know what's so bad about um, the Marlins? You've mentioned 20 money starts. He only had 14 wins. So six of those money starts went to waste, essentially. I'm just speculating. I haven't dug into the games, but yeah, <laughs> crazy. You're on mute. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I can imagine leaving six of those on the table. People get, and yeah, it was funny nuts. when fantasy players get mad because uh, we, right, we see this all the time, especially head to head because everything's under the microscope. That when a player loses a quality start, they get upset. Oh, I can't believe it. I got the QS, didn't get the win. But, like, come on, six and three is not a lock. No. Seven and two should be a damn lock, man. Because seven and two be. is when you get the optimal bullpen assignment, hopefully. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. God, well, that's brutal. That is brutal. Oh, that's brutal. Rough. Uh, <laughs> like, la- I would have done wins are the worst, man. Yeah. Uh, last Miami Marlins question I got for today. They got three young guns. Two of them are likely to start the year in the rotation. Braxton Garrett will get his. I'm very confident of that. They got Trevor Rogers, Edward Cabrera, Braxton Garrett. Currently, you have Rogers at 208.75. You have Cabrera 203.75. And Braxton Garrett's not even drafted right now, which is interesting to me. Um, out of those three, if we were to have this conversation in November 1st, per se, who do you think has the best season fantasy wise? All right, get your pens and pads. I wrote down, I don't know. That's exactly what I wrote down. I, I've been going with, to be honest, I've been going with all of them because I think they all represent per inning impact with opportunity at a good cost. I, I, they all have some worries for me. I actually think Cabrera is probably the best case to come out, dominate, and stick. I think he might have the best stuff because we've seen the downside for Rodgers. I'm more worried about Cabrera going innings, right? So that's where the mix comes in. I think Rodgers is the best candidate to give us 30 starts. I think Cabrera is the best candidate to get you 13K per nine 
And I think Braxton Garrett is one of my favorite six starting pitchers. Again, something you talk about is one of the best places to find value on the draft board is like every single stick starter is going to get 11 or 12 starts probably. So I like all of them. I like them all in combination. And I'll be honest, Bubba, if I end up with one of the first two, those are the teams that I move up Garrett because because I worry about them. I think that you you pair them. I'm looking at a draft champion right now. I have all three of them actually. It's a great point. Like pairing so I like them two. all. I think Cabrera yeah. for the upside. Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. Man, there's a lot of pitching people are worried about the downside plus the wins. So I think they are all a really good spot to find some impact. I'd much rather have any of these guys than like the vanilla pitchers going there. Right when you hit that point in the draft, sometimes just like boring stuff. I don't really want the boring stuff. Yep, I'm with you. 100%. In fab leagues, I should say. In if fact. I could replace. If I could replace, give me some excitement. Give me a chance at some excitement. Yeah. Yeah. Go for the ceilings if you can. Otherwise, you drop them. Very simple game. Um, Milwaukee Brewers here. I'm a big Brewers fan. Fantasy wise, it's for value, but we'll keep it simple on this show. There's a couple of like rookies, young players that they have coming up this year Garrett Mitchell in the outfield, Bryce Terang in the infield. Uh, I've heard mixed reviews on many of them, but the talents there, especially speed wise for both of them. Uh, are you interested in either for fantasy? You know, I really liked. Mitchell for a minute when uh, Taylor went down, right? Tyrone Taylor went down. So for a minute, there was that buying opportunity of like, again, I'm very open about it. I don't know about these guys before they come up, really. I don't really follow them. So I dig and like, whoa, you know, he's at the big fan grass page. I'm like, wow, awesome. But then the price kind of went to where he started going next to outfielders I'd rather kind of have because I think they're more cemented and we don't really know – uh, the Brewers can be a bit unpredictable. I've stepped on the Taylor rake a few times, so I'm not saying he's locked in. I don't know about Mitchell's opportunities when he comes back. Again, he's been, he looks like he's been very good. He's got three home runs in spring, although I think they were all before. He dinged up also. I'd probably be more into Terang because the IDP is so late. Yeah. You know, if he gets a whack, he should be impactful, but I think he's blocked right now. And again, yeah. that's another one. Is Right, so he kind of fits in the Vaughn Grissom kind of been – yeah, it's a high upside pick that's really blocked to start. They're very difficult to draft at NFBC. So I think at NFBC, the answer is probably nay right now. Yeah. The one I'm worried about burning me is probably Mitchell. Yeah, uh, there's so many more outfield options in that system that if he struggles, there, there's there's outs where I like yeah. terrain quite a bit. I just need him to play. Um, yeah, the other right. Brewer question I have for you is Freddie Peralta. Like Last draft season, he was so heralded and loved all over Fantasy Worlds. Gets an injury. We know how the story goes. His ADP is 139 this year, and the talent is still pretty darn elite in my mind. I just don't know. Like, we've seen the Brewers baby pitchers. We've also seen them go loose. So how are you approaching Freddie Peralta? Because right now I don't think I have any shares of Freddie Peralta. Yeah, he's he's right next to Dustin May, and it's probably the very same kind of analysis. That's a very – yeah, it makes through a lot of sense. Roof, like just through the roof. In my rankings, I have them right next to each other, and they're in a tier of like incredibly high upside breaking the per inning scale. And then in the parentheses says, don't draft more than one of these guys on a single team. So if I went May on team one, I want to go Peralta on team two. You nailed the workload stuff. That was the hardest thing to predict. We just don't know. The Brewers sometimes have their guys go out and throw like three and a third. And you're like, what? Peralta in particular, just when they were like starting him, if you look at those game logs, they're in between runs of him going five and a third, five and two thirds. He goes two and a two and two thirds. And I don't know if he doesn't look crisp those days. Maybe they were picking up something on the on the gun 
or movement. I don't know. But I do know that when he's healthy, and they're saying he's healthy right now, is excellent last year, 270 X ERA with a 1.04 whip, 569 OPS, 81 zone contact. Just awesome. The one thing I will caution people of, again, it's beating the dead horse a bit, but what you need the microscope for. I've heard people worry about the fly ball rate. He's one of those guys. I'm not worried about the fly ball rate. 42% fly ball, yes. But if you're using fan graphs, GB plus LD plus FB, right, equal 100 Infield flies are not calculated in this. You need to look at infield fly rate if you're going to quote fly ball rate. Because the 42 of the 42%, his 14% infield fly is as, you know, among the highest it goes. Anything over 12 is extremely high for a pitcher to force pop-ups. So I'm not too worried about the elevation basket. I think Peralta is filthy. So, yeah, he's one of my favorite kind of pertinent guys. My beef, though, is it's harder for me to get to him because now that Reed Detmers is moving up into that neighborhood, that's yeah. like my boy. Like, and I was on Detmers last neck year. And neck on draft boards. I'm Detmers, man. I'm a Detmers guy. Like, that's yeah. my dude. I'm going down him. I kept him in my home league, like, over, over guys that I probably shouldn't have. Like, that's my boy. I'm going with him. I like it. I like it yeah. a lot. Um, New York Mets, I have one question. They're a pretty loaded team where I think most of the answers are already kind of in the bag when it comes to the Mets. But Kode Senga, I just wanted to get your thoughts on this. Um, we know the talent's pretty dang good. That's pretty obvious. Uh, you've got an arsenal. There's questions on how many innings he'll pitch this year. I think if he's good, he's going to keep pitching. That seems simple, boring analysis. But his ADP's at 163. Are you interested in Kode Senga this year? No. and I, I don't know. Maybe I need to see it first. The imports have been so volatile, and I don't think the discount is there. Right, he's still going around some pretty kind of viable pitchers, you know, right next to um, Singer, who I'm not huge on, but I do like Brady Singer. Patrick Sandoval, the same. I also like him. Alex Cobb, who I liked before he started on the injured list. And then Edward Cabrera is right there. Trevor Rogers, Clark Schmidt, Jameson Tyon. So even if I am shopping pitching there, I haven't gone the route with Sanga because I, I'm not sure what I'm getting. And those are, you know, I mentioned being like cheap with picks, you know, really wanted to get something out of everybody. It's kind of scary not not knowing you're passing on, right? To pass on Sandoval is look what he did for you last year. That's a legit comic. You, you're going to have to replace it. It's very difficult. Yep. I'm with you. I have zero code. I'm just kind of nervous and all. A lot of question marks for that ADP for, for my love. The yeah. finger, too. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's a little in the weeds. You know, he has to throw the fork with a bigger ball, and it already messed up his finger a little bit. Oh, Jesus. Right? His whole thing is the fork ball, and you have to split. Yeah. And the ball is a different size here than it is there. So which is why they had him come here and work with it. But now, look, oh. working with it in two months, he had finger numbness and stuff like that. That's not good. Good point. But I, I, again, point. I don't want to say it's like a bad and chip. This is a problem, and it's going to continue. Hey, but The thing is, when you're when you're facing that kind of ADP, you need to find everything in it. and, and, and Yeah, it worries me. It the, does. It worries yeah. me. That's 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 what I – that's my concern. Again, I I can see that kind of burning me, right? Because the other part of us not knowing what he's about, his hitters have never seen him, and he could just confuse the hell out of him. Yeah, no, we'll see what happens. Philadelphia Phillies was a gloomy day for me on a Thursday. Oh, Reese Hoskins, worst, torn ACL, out for the season. Poor one out for Reese's pieces. Um, so how are you approaching? I mentioned it with Bloomfield on Thursday. 
The Phillies actually have a lot of angles they could potentially go to here. I think the easiest, laziest one is – I say lazy because it's easy – is Derek Hall playing first base. But there's a lot of other alternatives. Like I said, you can get Voight, you can get Gurriel. You can move Schwarber or Castellanos to first. You can move Baum to first. Like there's a lot of moving pieces technically in Philadelphia. If you're going into a draft coming up here in the next couple of days or next early next week, how are you approaching the Philadelphia Phillies first base position? I mean, I'm not sure exactly what they think about whole defensively at first. Yep. I've heard I, I think you nailed it. I think the easiest solution is a, a cheap Luke Voigt, who's, yep. you know, the dollar store version of Reese Hoskins. We've even seen Voigt go on tears where he's, you know, of 1v1. You know, where he's a top 10 first baseman on a, from a fantasy perspective. He's be good enough at first. You know, I saw him up close for the Yankees. He, he never really killed you. He never really killed you. It was not great, but he never really killed you. And you knew there was always a shot in him going long. So that's an easy answer. If Hall doesn't just automatically kind of fill in, if I thought he automatically filled in, maybe I'd go that route. It's a little early in the season. The right is not like September and you can patchwork it. You didn't get a single plate appearance from a first baseman you were hoping was going to be an all-star for you. So I would probably look to add and bring in, uh, you know, bring in the moment. Oh, and then maybe they make like a natural platoon. So you don't have to feel like you need to force a guy like Voight out there all the time. And if they do make it out, you could have a, a really good, you know, really well hitting split there from two sides. Definitely. Uh, Hall's ADP is around 364. Voight has not been drafted over the last few days. So yeah, he's want to speculate as a last rounder just to see what's up. Cause I, I, I foresee something happening there. I think he Friday, he can decide if he's staying with Milwaukee or not based on his contract. So okay. be prepared for that one. Yeah. Um, Bryson Stott, Alec Bohm, those are two young ball players. Stott a little younger, at least experienced-wise in the bigs. A lot of expectations for both. Are you buying into the next step for these guys? Because like Bohm's an average guy. The power has not developed, even though if you want to look at quality of contact metrics, pretty darn good ball player. Where Stott's kind of been all over the board. Like He goes hot streaks, cold streaks, all over the place. So what are you thinking of those two this year? I actually really like Bryson Stott for an MI with Gavin Lux being down. Stott's been my my last kind of bastion there. Granted, I'd rather not go there because I think we were hoping for a bit, but there's a little bit of hope going on. But he's also very young. We saw him come on in the second half. The second half was very strong for Stott. Uh, 246 second half plate appearances. He bat 276, 31, 23, 4, and 9. You know, and that's not even half a season. That would be more than enough to get it done for you from the MI spot. And yeah. you have to add whatever it is. I forget the math, 30 plate appearances for both of them now. Cause even if you brought maybe if it's whole every day, I guess it's possible he hits in front of start bomb is, you know, top of the lineup guy yeah. and not to, not to go too nuts with spring training stuff, but they were talking about this adjustment being on the horizon yeah. that him working on the lift because you, you nailed it. He's, he takes such a bad – sometimes these guys, just because they don't produce in fantasy, they like they get these raps as like not being good hitters. Yeah, He's a good hitter. at 290 XBA last year. That's ridiculously good, man. That's a top yep. of the board. You know, he's really, really good. 87 Z-Con, sub-10% swing strike rate, 43% hard hit rate on Savant, right, because he hits it hard. He's not just – he's not lifting it. He also just didn't convert his barrels. He had 33 barrels. He had 30, 13 home runs. Maybe that should have been closer to 18, and we're not talking about a disappointment. Yeah, everyone's in love with him You know, so I, I like Bomb. I actually think we might be seeing the adjustment. He looks – he's playing like a man possessed in spring training right now. 
Yep. But it's lift. And if I was listening to the broadcast, which again I know comes with some there's possible some pain on the other end of that because these broadcasters are really into it. You know when I get it? But when you're hearing, you know, uh, in football, we hear referred to as the drum beat. Mm-hmm. You know, the drum beat's been going on for a while now. Yeah. That bomb had the contact, the power is going to come. Bomb had the contact and the hard hit ability. Now it just needed to lift. Then they were saying in the offseason, they believe the lift is there. He shows up in spring training. He's hitting ding dong. Is it four, four home runs already? Something like that. Yeah, he four has four five, home runs and yeah. four. He has four home runs and four doubles. Yep. So, like, yo, man, where he's going at a position that's I don't care. I'm not sure. I I, again, I know these people are smarter than me. They're better. I, I even if they're smarter than me, that's a cop out. They're better at me. They're better than I am at fantasy baseball. Like that's what I'm confident. People much better than me at fantasy baseball have been out there pushing back that third base is not that shallow. Whatever you and I are doing different calculations. Then I think it's shallow. I think a lot of the third basemen at the end have like not only do they have zero floors, right? Floors of zero, I should say. The replacement rate is is near zero. So if you miss on that pick, you're you're you know you're in a lot of trouble because now you're trying to like find a league average guy where some people have Austin Riley at third base. You know you have nothing. You know you're gonna hope what Spencer Steer is. You know he might be good. But you don't know that. And now if you're, you know, you're going to be looking at what David Villar, you're going to be cycling the Giants, third baseman. Gets rough. Gets being a rough. Lot of, I, don't, I don't like the position. No. The, the fantasy season started with third base super shallow. Then we saw, I'm not even trying to call people. I just forgot who it was. Yeah. Somebody said by SGP, it's not. Yeah. And Which I get. And then you're going to have people quote it, which they should because it's proven. But, like, I don't see it. I know if my guys are gone, I'm like, oh. Yep, I'm with you. Like, that's why I have my... I like tears or whatever you want to call them. Like I have my cliffs. Like I want a guy before this one where it drops off type situation. Yeah, and dude, I'm, I'm drafting Cabrian Hayes. That's how desperate I am. Yeah, and that that hurts. That's definitely the uh, the cliff range. If you how start about this, I got there. one for you. Are you buying the spring training bounce back for like a Josh Young? Because now, if you believe in that, the he people that be believe in Young are really happy pick. now because he's yeah. for nobody wants him at all. He's an easy third baseman. He came with some shine too, but. For me, there's a lot of like if people watch the YouTube video, the face he just made. There's a lot of that. Yes, yeah. um, <laughs> I'm just gonna be like, uh, I like Josh Young. I'm gonna say that much. Do I have a lot of shares? No. If I do, he's my backup third baseman slash corner infielder. He's not my starter. Let's put it that way. I am not going to battle with him as my only third baseman on my roster. Um, not yet, and I could backfire because I believe in the power. I think the power is legit. I'm really concerned with the batting average skills and, and those situations. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not quite there as a, yeah, let's just not play the position and draft Josh Young at, like, 210. Uh, I'm not in that right, mode right now. His so. his minor league career is so good. Yeah, he's a beast in the minors. Like, if it could ever translate, like, 80% of that, he'd be and worth it wasn't, 210. And he wasn't the strikeout machine that he was up here either. And that's the yeah. stuff I'm like, wait, so we're just kind of throwing, like, that's what it is. We're just kind of defining him. He's had whatever hundred plate appearances in major leagues. He struck out 38% of the time and he's not any good. I don't know if people have seen this. Like it's man, it's a like when the, the plate appearances are kind of numbers that we can digest. Right. So he had 675 plate appearances, which is like a season, right? Yep. He bat 311, 96 runs, 118 ribbies, 30 home runs, seven steals, 43 doubles. 21% K rate. I mean, he was 
pretty darn an good. Absolute stud, dude, stud. You know, so like, again, I don't know when this stuff's gonna happen, but I know yeah. he's checking Going a lot of the sometime. boxes that I that I'm yeah. into. Look, I'm not a talent evaluator, but also yeah. I know that stuff doesn't happen by accident, and I also know the fantasy community is just way too quick to overreact and discard these guys, which is actually yeah. kind of funny because. We overreact to pump them up, and then we overreact to get rid of them, right? You know what I'm saying? There's and very little I, commitment. And that's when I love to jump in. Yeah, Give me, me those too. guys you're, you're throwing away. I'll take yeah, it. I will never, ever forget when he came up. We mentioned Michael Fulmer before. His yep. first year up with the Tigers, he stunk out of the box. And I remember somebody in my home league spent a premier pick on him looking for this prospect or whatever. And I picked him up. After that, he ended up winning rookie of the year. Because he was so good down the stretch, he pitched the whole year, which is part of it. He's a stuff. He's a but yeah, and yeah, you gotta, you gotta just be. If you believe in it, you gotta be patient. I'm not saying draft yeah. these guys and run them out there no matter what. You gotta. That's part of what comes in the calculus, you know. So yeah. if you're gonna draft them, be willing to be patient. That's the part that kills me. You spent the pick, you didn't have the patience, and you dropped them. You got all the shitty stats. You didn't get any of the good stats, and now like yeah. now you're killing yourself because you you lost. That's the worst position to be. That's the worst spot to be. Yep, hundred percent. Been there, done that. So. No boy, no boy, no. Right. Uh, last Phillies question I got for you: the closing situation. It's a mess, and if you think you got it figured out, kudos. But you know, I got Sir Anthony, you got Alvarado, you got Kimbrel. They traded for Gregory Soto. Most are saying it's Sir Anthony for the most part, but it's gonna be a lot of mix and match as well. Like he's probably their best high leverage dude. Him and Alvarado, depending on if righty or lefty. So, if you are on draft day, how are you approaching the Phillies? No hard fade, man. This is an yeah. easy one. I just there are some. There are some teams you just leave alone. They mix and match too much. They don't have a quality guy that they can believe in. It's going to be too much. How many people have been chasing the Phillies bullpen? No, thank you. Yep, with you. Let's go to the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, O'Neill Cruz, ADP of 69. Like, there's a ceiling for Cruz. We also know there's a floor for Cruz. Um, I also think he's young, and we saw some points in the right direction at times. So it's, it's an interesting um, – I guess, you know, we do DFS GPP type play with O'Neill Cruz. How are you looking at him for a uh, fantasy season long wise, though? Man, I wish he was going a little bit later. Yeah. Just He's a little bit later. Because I understand. He's in a tough spot. And that's what people are kind of. I know. People. I. Okay. I got to put it. I'm not really drafting him. And I, so I guess that means I don't like him as much as like I'm about to see. But at, at ADP 69. I have trouble getting there and end up with like a Domus next. So I'm not, it's like I'm not prioritizing shortstops because O'Neill Cruz, another guy we've now assigned him. He's not, a, he's a bad hitter. He's a strikeout guy with a, no average. 1,700 minor league plate appearances. He's a career 275 hitter. Like, are we, are we sure? So I think. That's the part I want to believe in is the track record and like the yeah. God, I used the word erotic before. If anyone has an erotic power profile, 44 pull, 38 hard hit. He had a 419 expected woba on contact, 15 and a half barrel, 10% blast. I mean, just awesome. And I think, man, sky is the limit. His pace is through the roof. I, I'm not ready to I'm not, I would draft him. I want him to just get a little bit past ADP. So I'm not crossing him off. But I think there are safer picks. Yeah, I'm so torn on him because, like you said, erotic profile is a great one to use. It is. It could do. It's not safe for work. Let's put it that way. Right. And um, <laughs> it, right. it, it it could be tricky. At the same time, it could be not safe for both reasons. 
Hold on, how about this? This comes right off my off my note. So, yeah, I know the batting average is kind of whack, but so far, this is his career major league pace. His career six hundred pace. When I say pace, two thirty five, which is not any good, but seventy seven, ninety two, twenty nine, sixteen. Dude, that's a needle mover. You know, even yep. with the low batting average, that batting average is not bad enough to hurt you in these days. You need other good batting average guys. Yep, but like, that's, if that's the thing. My thing is, if what we've seen is kind of what we're getting, which I don't believe, because he's freakishly talented, he's still going to be good. So yeah, you could draft him. Is what you know. Sometimes I'm hard on the guys that I think have flawed profiles, and I'm like, I don't want that. This is a player that I would draft. Yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, pitching wise for Pittsburgh, like again, the team suspect, but there's some intriguing arms. I'm going to say that's the way I'm going to phrase it. You have Mitch Keller, who for the th- umpteenth time is drawing us back in to probably let us down. ADP of 267. Yeah, JT Brubaker at 394, essentially free. And we saw some some good moments last year from JT. Also saw some down. And then you got Ronzi Contreras at 287. And the profile, the talent is really good. The walks can be an issue at times with Ronzi. Um, out of these three guys, of any of them are interest for you on draft day? You know, they all were at one point, and now I just can't get there. And I think I'm blaming the organization. Right, not because the Pirates stink, but I think part of why the Pirates stink is because they've been unable to develop pitching talent. And again, I I mean, whatever, this may keep me from ever getting hired in Pittsburgh, you know, but I just see the under the hood stuff and they don't anything out of it, you know. So Rowanzi is a good example of a guy we heard all this about, the prospect, the shine, blah, blah, blah. He comes up and, you know, problem number one, the fastball is not good. So he's throwing it too much nearly 50% of the time to a 5.55 X slug. Dude, you can't give up a 5.55 X slug in half your pitches, and they don't change anything, right? So that's part of from the organization. They don't throttle pitches. You don't see them featuring the good stuff. You don't see them making adjustments. So that's why I'm off. How many times do you have to get tricked by Keller? Dude, literally the same time last year, you could have been asked me the same question. Mitch Keller just had a 98-mile-an-hour hype session on Twitter. What are you doing about it? And, like, I was drafting him because I'm a freaking idiot, yo. You know what? I'm a freaking idiot. I kept falling for it. And it's whatever it is, this time, if he beats me, he beats me. I have guys that I like going late that I'm going to go to battle with over him. And I think that's just what it is. And, again, you you said it before. I don't like to – I don't want to appeal to authority. But there are there are ridiculously smart people, you know, who are into Mitch Keller. And that man, he's going around. Who's going around? He's going around. He's going right next to David Peterson. He's going next to my boy Kyle Bradish. He's going next to Garrett Whitlock and Noah Syndergaard, Michael Kopech. I'd just rather go though that route. Yep. I think. It's an interesting range to say the least. Let's put it that way. Uh, yeah. Um, let's go to the San Diego Padres as we start rounding third here. Uh, Nelson Cruz, he's not even being drafted right now. Um, we got the $1 million deal. You never know with Will Nelly. You got Matt Carpenter, who's got an ADP of 414, the Yankee short porch he loved. San Diego Petco, a little different. Just going to throw that out there. Um, are either one of these late-game targets for you? No, because I think, they, I think they're I think they built to complement each other. Yeah, that's the way I Which I think is weird. You don't see too many <laughs> – which feels like the team is wasting a roster spot because you guys can't play the field, whatever. So until one of them goes down, the answer is no. Maybe maybe it's to see which of the two survives. Maybe one gets DF8 or something. Yeah. Well, again, I don't know the answer, but until that, I don't think there's enough opportunity there. 
if you're playing a draft champion style league, you got to circle Matt Carpenter because if he's going to get three or four matchups against righties in a row, he could play that Monday through Thursday set and be like a Jake Fraley, right? You want to those another one of those things getting into NFBC thinking as you know, when in Rome, think as do as the Romans do. And that's what the Romans are doing in FBC is maximizing plate appearances. You know, G-Man Choi, guys like that who yeah. have very strong four-game splits that you might not want to start for a week. So, eh, but other than that, probably no. I don't think there's enough opportunities. That's fair. Uh, the other question with the Padres here, Nick Martinez and Seth Lugo speculated to be the fifth, maybe six starters on these teams. Lugo's got the inside track, it looks like, to getting the first pump at this. Uh, Martinez ADP around 348, Lugo at 433. Any of these two of interest for you? No, it's an A for me. It's a no for me, dog. Because, again, I just look for guys to move the needle a little bit more. I think Lugo can be impactful on a permitting basis. He maxed out 30 pitches last year. How much are we going to get from him? That's why I'm surprised they're putting him in the rotation. I'm just wrapping my head. Are they going to stretch him out? Is he opening? I can't, you can't draft him knowing that he only he did not throw more than 30 pitches in a single game. So at the very least, we should get a month to see him ramp up to five. Like, so what in by the beginning of May, you're lucky if he's five and dive. No, thanks. Yeah. And Nick Martinez is just a guy for me. He's 32 years old, career 6.3% K minus walk. Yeah. Blah. You know, just yeah, blah. That ain't, that ain't gonna cut it. it no, nah, just blah. Yeah, you can get you can be get a little more, you get a little more exciting, you know. Yep, I'm with you. Let's go to the San Francisco Giants because we have to here. Um, it's going to be an interesting year. Fantasy-wise, tricky is the nice way I'm going to put it. Uh, any late targets for you? I know you like Blake S- S- Sable, and I like him a lot too, but that's probably more a DC play than a season-long play. We'll see. Um, how are you? Do you have anybody late? Like, yes, Dremski's going late. There's a lot of guys going late. <laughs> you, you can ask me if I like any Giants early. I'd probably yeah. give you the same answer. I, yeah, no. I mean, they're yeah. unfortunate. I know it's your squad. No, and, you I, know, you know, it's me, tough, personal because I go, I move like the wind. You know, I bet against the Yankees all the time. I have there's no personal stuff here. The Giants that I was so like enamored with a couple of years ago, analytically driven, all this yeah. like they use different types of pitch machine to throw offbeat stuff. Like, wow, this is a really cool idea. And yeah. then we saw the production of this very platoon heavy, very wonk. I think they outsmarted themselves a bit. Uh-huh. Where, how about we have some good players? Let's get some good uh, players. Some would be good. I'd appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, let's get some good players. And it's not like Willemar Flores is your cleanup hitter. Yep. And when Evan Longoria is cleaning up for you, and then you're like, well, we'll probably get rid of him. But, I mean, you were holding, hanging on by a thread there. They don't, there's no firepower no. in that offense at all. I also kind of worry about, I know I've heard you talk about it. Then I've heard um, Mason talk about it, you know, other Giants fans, but sometimes going to fans is the best place to get it, especially the pessimistic ones because they're realistic. The defense on that team is really poor. It's atrocious. It's really poor. It's gotten worse. It's really poor. And they didn't upgrade it this year, if anybody's curious. Yeah, well, that that's my problem is, again, a lot of the quoting is, well, you know, look at the underlying metrics. You guys were very unlucky. Okay. Part of unluck, right, unluck, part of bad luck yeah. in baseball is bad defense. And they don't always show up as errors because the the defender was not fast enough, reactive enough to break in the right direction. And he missed the ground ball got by him by five feet. So no, it's not an error. And those, you know, affect your error indicators and, and are not reflected in reality. So I don't think I have, I'm not really drafting any giants. Although I thought it was funny. You asked about late guys. Yeah. Cause that I do. I like, 
I really like Blake Sable. I think he might make the team. He, he will. And he has some he has some really kind of impressive numbers in the uh-huh. minors. Also, I know people don't always go back that far, but he's 25, so he's kind of like of age. And he could make he could make the squad and get plate appearances for you as a catcher from another spot, which is awesome. Yep. We love that. And he's run before. So that's where you're seeing me draft catchers this year. Mm-hmm. I have like the Bethancourts and I have the Sables. But I also like um, – I don't know if he's going to make the squad. I know Curlin was talking about him for a little bit, was wisely. Yeah. And he had some interesting stuff in the profile. Again, I just don't feel like there's much standing in anybody's way in nope. San Francisco. So, like, it's almost like if anybody hits uh, – uh, wisely's a little bit young. He's only 23, but he has played – They it's just a cup of coffee, but they pushed him up to t- um, AAA at Tampa at the end of the year. But he's he went off last year. What did I see? He had 15 homers and 31 steals in the minor leagues last year. So, if you're looking for late speed, all, right, if you're, again, you, you got to identify bad teams at the end of these deep drafts because that's where the opportunities are going to be. Again, the other side of that is the players we're looking at are probably not very good either, and yeah. they have a high probability of being zeros. Well, I did this last year. Uh, I had I had everybody on the Oakland A's roster resource page, and it didn't matter if you, yeah. it didn't matter how many shares of Christian Pache or Kevin Smith that I had. And you, so here I'm uh, literally that's the receipt. Like if you know those names, you're you play draft champions. Yep, no one else much. even knows those, no one else even knows who they are. So you know you could you could play that game and lose. I and Nick Allen also I had I had, I had all the A's, but the that's where the Nick play is were. You know. Yep. This year it's different. Jace Peterson's gonna be good. Watch it. Watch it. Yeah, I, I got I got ridiculed for t- on Twitter for that or when they signed him. Like, this is the perfect Oakland A. This is the you dude. Laugh. I was trying to I'm trying to sell the athletic on uh, picking up. I want to write my case for the 99th percentile for an Oakland Athletics World Series. Oh, that'd be amazing. That'd be an electric. <laughs> you, know, you know what's funny? That as I was talking, I was like, that sounds so clickbaity, yeah. but it might be good. Whatever, whatever. I started it's like, like the next Moneyball movie. If they if it actually came to fruition, it'd be amazing. Well, it's I'll t- yeah, it obviously starts with Astoria Ruiz needs a 420 OBP and 95 steals. But... <laughs> 99% tell you weren't kidding. Um, <laughs> what one more Giants question? I kind of think I know where you're going with this based on the uh, horrific defense they have. Like Logan Webb, Alex Cobb, they're getting drafted, especially Webb. Um, but then you got your Alex Woods of the world. You got so many other guys back there, Manaya, Stripling. Like they all have appeal, but again, it's the Giants. Are you interested in any of them come draft day? I think I like Stripling. Yeah. I think Stripling's pretty interesting, although my worry is the hook on him. Yeah, the early hook. And if that's yeah. – I'm not sure if that's part of the book on him. The book on the, the hook is the book on him. That maybe the third time penalty. I don't like to quote that stuff because I don't necessarily understand that. I know the accounting is a little weird. Though that's one of those things we know is true, right? We know the third time through is tougher. But we have seen Stripling, even in games where, I swear there's games where he has 62 pitches thrown through five and he comes out. Or, you know, you're expecting him 70 pitches through five. You're expecting him to come out for the six and he doesn't. And I don't know what the usage is going to be like. Manaya, we see the new Velo. To me, it feels like chasing a little bit because now he's getting steamed. But I wouldn't be surprised if they're both if they're both good. But the defense behind him, I don't think is going to be so. There's a legit floor, and you know we play in a game where ERA matters. We also play in a game where wins matter. And if a ball is going to squeak through and cost you a run, that cost you a win, 
you have to look at the offense and the offense stinks. So like yep. a lot of my thinking, a lot of times is not, is player good. It's how does player fit into this whole kind of this whole formula or puzzle. And the giants pitchers are hard to fit. I think that's right. I'm not trying to knock them. I think they're good. No, I think the giants, are- the giants puzzles missing the border pieces. Yeah. <laughs> that's the best way I can no, find it. I that's guess. not a bad way to put it because yeah. it's not like it's a bad puzzle. It's a nice puzzle. It's, it's, it's a nice puzzle. The strength isn't there. The, the yeah. form, the strength in the puzzle is not I, there. Listen, I like Logan Webb. You know, I like Logan yep. Webb. Those are he's exactly the kind of guy I like to bet on first five innings. 100 because he the, the team kind of comes with a bit of stank. No one wants to deal with him, but he's a he'd get a, gra- a double play for you every single inning. He might get you those 15 outs in 45 pitches, and you're off to a nice day. But yeah, it's tough. I like the pitcher skill, but I don't think the context behind him is there. Yep. Let's go to the St. Louis Cardinals here. Got a couple outfielders to talk about. Lars Nupar, the, the pride of Japan. Um, he's <laughs> coming in at an ADP of 173. He was the talk of the town in fantasy earlier this year. It's kind of quieted down, I'll be honest, as there's been some rumblings and some extra outfielders making appearances. At 173 there with, with, with Newt, are you in on Mr. Lars Nupar? I don't know. Listen, I'm going to sound like a fraud. I have some exposure because I just didn't want to miss out. My fear was the price would be moving in perpetuity, like continue moving thought, up, 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 yeah, up, 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 I up. thought so too. That hasn't happened, so yeah. I've kind of scaled back a bit. So he's part of a portfolio that I'm not really sure what I'm getting, and I'll be completely honest. I'm just afraid I'm chasing smoke right now because mm-hmm. a lot of what my like hope is based on is social media tweets. Yeah. Like driveline stuff. Uh, he had an awesome interview with Eno. Again, this is not a knock on anybody involved in these stories, but that's not a right. So you can hear him and he becomes likable. He was just good in World Baseball Classic. He's very wise, even more likable. That's not the game we play. You've been often saying we're drafting stats. So I don't know what are we going to get, right? Because uh, yep. we know he went through a bunch of changes. So I think that means we need to be careful looking at last year's statistics, the approach is pretty good, right? 6% came out of walk, elite swinging strike rates, really good. He's a little too patient for me, like though he didn't chase 24 and a half, his swing rate at 39% is way too low. That's actually going to hurt you. Is part of what he's learning how to be more aggressive? Is that going to then punish him as far as contact? So I don't know, man. I'm not sure what to expect. We thought he was going to lead off. Now we're not sure if he's yeah. going to lead off. They so, came uh, out with they came out. Uh, their manager said it'll be a combination of Newtbar, Edmund, and uh, he mentioned one other dude, player. My boy Donovan is the guy. I Donovan, like. that's I think that was the third that's one. Literally, like. he mentioned those three as he's they're going to the rotate around. He's the pro. Yeah. He's has the prototypical. He should be leadoff. the reason. That, the reason they like Newtbar is he's a walking machine. His his OBP is outstanding. He sets the table for the Goldies and the Arenados of the world. That's why they love Newt. But yeah. what else does he do? Like you said. I don't know. There's there's a lot of I don't know with that new bar. Yeah, it's gonna be inter- I think I think you might be right. I think Donovan has just got this blue collar lunch pail kind of thing going on. Yeah, where they're like, all right, we can hit him last. He's not gonna have a problem with it. We can hit him first. He's not gonna have a problem with it. He'll play anywhere. They tell everyone get your second yeah. baseman glove. He don't care. You play an yeah. outfield. He don't care. Part of what I really like about him, aside from I like the approach. You know, I'm a big approach guy. He's Donovan has an elite plate, elite plate approach, yeah. elite. Well, and then they started saying, we're going to get him to start pulling the ball for more power. I was like, oh, no, it's going to cost him. Except he's coming out and he's maintained his yeah, contact rates. That's what's been pretty hitting, impressive. But he's hitting, 
but he's hitting yeah. on runs. Yeah, I hate them. I mean, he was not your list. He's the guy I'm most interested in yeah. the Cardinals because. Yeah, and it goes back to what you were saying earlier in the show, and it's 100% true. Is like, you know, you shouldn't rely on everything you see in spring, but there are certain things worth noticing, and Donovan's production has moved him up the board for me. I'm not, like, reaching for him, but he was kind of, like, just not even in my player right. pool for the most part early. He's he's in he's entered the chat. Yeah, uh, I love uh, that. I love that phrase, yeah. by the way. But you're also – I like that you're open enough to let people know that this is something I've had to grow myself. I, once I said no to a player – I had a hard time kind of letting him back in, Yep. you know, and I've, I've letting people back in the certain circle, man. Yep. I, at least Garcia I'm drafting this year. You yeah. Know, and it's just kind of, you live, live, you learn, you grow, your analysis yeah, changes. Yeah. Um, we change, they change. It's, it's yeah, simple yeah, right. and you have yeah. to adjust. So it's good. Cool. Another guy that might change might not is Tyler O'Neill. Two years ago, beast last year, hurt a lot. And I think a guy of his physique, cause I obviously wouldn't know might get hurt a lot because he's got more muscles to pull than I do. <laughs> Um, it, it's just a tough scenario, but he looks healthy. Expectations uh, are good. Are you in on Tyler O'Neill? You know, I, I have to say, I think last year was probably mostly injuries. And though his kind of disciplinary basket is still pretty flawed. If you told me this was going to repeat, meaning 27 K to 10 walk, 12, seven swinging strike, 29 and a half. O swing. He's probably in line for a really good season. Yeah. Right. As long as the K rate doesn't get spike out of control. He's another guy that I kind of come around to. He has roto juice. He yep. hits home runs. He steals bases. Steals bases. Yep. That matters, man. You know, sometimes a guy could really stink, but at the end of the week, you see a one and a one in the home run steal category. Like, yeah, baby. Because yep. that's what moved the needle for you, especially steals when they're critical. I know everyone's expecting steals to move up. I think they will. But in general, there's not many of them. And when they, when they happen, you're really excited. So there's not many guys that can go – 3525. Yep. Like let's just have fun with it. You have uh, O'Neal's ADP is 90.5, Adelise Garcia is 60.5. Tell me the difference. I'm not sure what the difference is. They're yeah, very that's my similar. point. That's my point. That's 30 they're picks. Very similar. I mean, yep. they're they have, a, they have the same player probably. Yep. That's uh, that's why it's interesting to see how it plays out in that in that one. Jordan Walker was the talk of the town this spring. Gets a little shoulder boo-boo, comes back a few days later. Stat line has not looked the same since returning from that injury, and now uh, wants Locke to make the team. Looks like he still will, but there's more questions involved. So are you in on Jordan Walker? He still has an ADP around 130. No, they're way too crowded. That The team yeah. in general is way too crowded for me. Yep. Uh, we're, we're over here hoping, uh, you know, the other starters are going to play every day like they have dylan carlson's raking this spring they don't want to give up on him they want to trade this guy plus he's a center fielder we've heard them talk about o'neill playing center they have one of the most sturdy everyday third baseman in the entire yeah, league they're not going anywhere he's not going anywhere walker i'm not i don't know the deal but this is kind of what you get overreacting so if you overreacted to three home runs in two days and you pushed them up 100 picks the other side of that is, what do you do when he strikes out nine times in a row? We have to overreact. Well, you have to overreact to it too. And that's kind of the problem with overreacting is you chase the pendulum swing all over the place. I like to be more firm. I also, like I said, it, I don't I don't know about these guys. I don't chase them all the time. That's not what I do. Uh, now he's going. I couldn't even tell you. Where, I couldn't tell you where he's going. I just know he's going near players that are playing every single day that you could bank on. That's where we're going. So Walker, I'll have to miss on. I mean, for the people that and we're nabbing him, 
you know, deep 40, 50 rounds. That's how you do it. All the props to you, major CLV, but yep. right now you're paying a premium, no way. Yep, I'm not a premium salesman, so that's out of my bag. Yeah, that's a major uh, premium too now. You don't even big know time. if he's on the – he get demoted yeah. tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Yep, and you wouldn't be surprised. No. Enter Von Grissom. Um, yeah, right. Washington Nationals here, last team on the National League to talk about. Not a lot to talk about. Uh, Joey Manasius, though, is a guy that's just – I'm so torn on this profile. I'm like he's a journeyman, comes to the big, showcases some power. Decent, okay, batting average. I just have so many question marks. Bad baseball team he's on. Um, are you interested in a guy like Manesius? Because he's going around 183 right now. All right, he is one player that I think I've come around on, and it was actually due to one of my faithful readers who subscribed to my rankings and asked me why he was out of place. I'm not the type to say because I said so. I go and kind of look. You know, he said, and some people really write you these thoughtful, kind of well thought out arguments. So I said, let me go check. I think maybe I was uh, doing the parrot thing. I was just kind of repeating what I heard. Eh, it's just kind of late breakout and the team stinks, which is not false. That also shouldn't be enough to make him a non starter. I uh, did a little bit of digging. So check it out. His So his minor league 600 plate appearance pace going back to 2018, 296. 86, 108, 29 home runs. It's damn good. His Major League Baseball, 600 plate appearance piece. 324, 83, 84, 33, and 2. Damn. Pretty like pretty damn good. Steamer projects him for 260, 71, 81, 24, and 2. Not bad. And to that park stuff that I was mentioning, one of the other places that stick out like a sore thumb, looking at you, Josiah Gray. Is Washington home runs to righties. So that was one of those places they were top five in home run to fly ball and home run to barrel. Also to Josiah Gray, his home ERA was like two full runs higher. So Washington to righties in particular is one of the new kind of band boxes yep. that I don't think people are, are on yet because, again, they're using three year averages, which are yep. behind the humidor. I'm admittingly overreacting a touch. I'm not saying I'm taking Washington guys in the first round, but I, I am weighing that environment. Whatever I'm weighing my environment for, that's what I'm using. I'm being very upfront. Yeah, that's fair. So I think Manessis is actually a really good pick where he's going. Yeah. He's, he's a he's, zero in steals. Yeah, he's slowly intriguing me. Like it's it's a it's been a tough but turnaround. The, so I'm curious. He's he's never ever struck out a ton. He's always posted between, you know, 6 to 10% walk rate, which will do. Yep. Again, we want our power hitters swinging to that, right? And, you know, that's something that happens too much. It could be a little too, a little, like, too reticent. So I actually, I actually bought into it a bit the more, the more that I dug. Uh, again, you know, power probably being the thing that's, I think we're going to find to kind of be at a premium. So I, I don't know, I think there's some potential there. And again, I love the park, so... I, I think he's still cheap enough, right? No way. He's one of the guys oh, yeah. that has not gotten gassed up. Yeah, he has still, dual he's eligibility in NFC. Yeah, he's still also. sitting at 180. He's still at 183, which is not. And expensive. you can get first corner out of him. Yep. Which That's in draft nice. and hold, I love eligibility. I don't oh, know. Yeah. I don't think. I don't think people talk about that enough. Maybe it's me. Maybe I just draft guys that are hurt too much. Dude, I can't fill a roster come July. Yeah. I. So having that, having that really helps. Yeah, I, I think Vanessa's gonna be awesome. He's also on my best ball teams. Yeah, uh, people are kind of ignoring pick. him, and he uh, again when we're talking spike weeks, a week of Manessis hot at home, 
could be five or six home runs. And this could be a guy that is, he's registering those scores for you in best ball, yeah, right? Even if a sure. lot of times he doesn't, the times he does are top flight scores. So yeah, I have him marked for format dependency, but he's one of the guys I wanted to talk about because I've come around on him and I wanted to show good. people for it. Even though I'm very assertive, that yeah. doesn't mean I can't be convinced. No, it's good. It's yeah. very good. Uh, last question I have on the Nationals here. Any other players interest you on the Nationals? Because it's a, it's a murky, murky situation as well. I used to be on C.J. Abrams. I've kind of taken a step back on that one just because the Nationals have taken a step back on that one. Uh, anybody else interest you for fantasy? Maybe Lane Thomas? I don't know. No, I like Luis Garcia. Yeah. Again, I was a Gavin Lux guy, so losing him I've had to fill that spot. Mm-hmm. Again, you know, I'm always, I like people to know, Bubba, me and you, we're, we're drafting. Right, so some people you know they're not drafting. We're we're, yeah. we're drafting, right? So yes. you can't just lose Gavin Lux. You must fill the hole. Yes. And for me, it's Stott and or Luis Garcia. Right. Yeah. You're kind of getting a, a mix, maybe hopefully in double double. Right. He's had some potential. He's gonna El Garcia at least on Washington is gonna get every opportunity to yeah. play. I like that. And I think he can move the needle for you as far as speed also. So I think there's some interest there. I like Josiah Gray. Uh, I tend to be a different from the market. You know, Eno stuff model doesn't love the fastball. Um, very, you know, F- multiple FSWA winner Samsky. My boy Eric is not super hot on the fastball. I think it's actually good. I think it's a tweak away. I think the secondaries are very good. I've been trying to get Josiah Gray as my first bench pitcher. So okay. I don't have to run him out there. And hopefully you have the luxury of even sitting him at home sometimes okay. against better lineups. Let's say Josiah Gray is facing the Cardinals, who they're a good lineup. They're not a great lineup. They hit lefties much better than righties. I still wouldn't they, – they pull the ball. So I wouldn't want to face the Cardinals in Washington with Gray. So I don't want to put myself in a position. But I like Gray and maybe yeah, even here and there the closer situation. I have a lot of Hunter Harvey late, hoping that maybe he would steal the job from Finnegan, who I think is just good but not great. Yeah, I love. I have a lot of late Hunter Harvey, so I'm 100 with you on that one. I think there's yeah. some upside to be had. All right, 15 National League teams in the books. Got a couple listener questions oh. for you, real quick. <laughs> uh, James AG One says, uh, "Where can I find info on average score after five innings? In other words, what's the number I need to break even on a first five plus point five bet?" Wait, hold on. I, I think, geez, I think the questions are not are wrong. I think, man, it sucks. It's going to turn into a betting lesson. You just follow my betting stuff. Yeah, this is a uh, one. I don't. I generally don't recommend chasing bets and betting live. I don't. I think that's a losing situation unless you've pre-planned it. All my betting work is going to come down to that. No one ever likes my betting advice because it's all very listen. It's very regimented. It's very professional. I hate to be like that, but it is right. So, meaning you, unless you predetermine a part of your risk plan to be betting live. You shouldn't do it at all. I generally only bet live if I like a favorite, right? So, and I don't start with a bet. So that's why this question is really rough. You know, I usually eat my loss, you know, eat your losses. If you're down, just don't chase. Hopefully everything's planned out. Baseball gives you enough opportunities every day where you don't have to chase, you know, another key. I don't know. The only live bet I make, I should say, is giving good advice is, let's say the Yankees are minus 350. First of all, if you pay minus 350 for a baseball game, you're out of your yeah, freaking yeah. mind. Yep. Okay, you're out of your freaking mind. Because if they come out and are losing 2 nothing in the first, it's going to be like minus 140. And it's the same game. 
And nothing has changed, only the first inning. So if you're really obsessed with – if you want a live bet, the best pathway to profiting on live betting is to wait for results to start to come in and bet favorites while they're down at a discount. Because yep. two runs, you know, nine innings for the Yankees to make up two runs is nothing, especially against bad bullpens. Trying to calculate bullpens to that point exactly is why you do first five work in the first place, meaning I moved the first five work to eliminate bullpen work. Then don't yeah. – if you're going to do that, which is like the smart, sharp thing, don't then go try and quantify bullpens because not only do we not know when they'll be used, how much they'll be used, we don't know who's going to pitch. And then once we know who is going to pitch, we don't know how they're going to pitch. Yeah. It's too wonky. Don't uh, – again, this is why betting baseball leads so many people to zeros in their bank account. Yep. Because they're chasing these things they can't quantify. If you're going to eliminate it, eliminate it. Yeah. Yeah, That's a great point. Uh, So sorry I I didn't kind of answer it directly, but. No, it works. It's a bet. Betting is not a, it's not a one way street per se. Yeah. It's Um, not a joke to me either. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't want to leave people like here, do this and lose. Sorry. If you don't like my advice, you don't have to listen to it, but I go to sleep knowing I help people try and win, you know? Yeah. It's fair. It's very fair. Uh, Our buddy Ben Tid, a great dude has a question. Has John officially petitioned the NFBC to be their new live draft commentator? Oh, man. Dude, that came up. Who was I talking about that? Somebody, like, mentioned it, and I saw it on my timeline. They were talking about doing, like, um, Red Zone for the main event. And I was like, man, my ears are are freaking ringing. Oh, my God. My ears are ringing. Although, you know what? I didn't didn't see anything about the tag team draft. I I announced that draft a couple years in a row, but I, I didn't see it yet. Yeah, that got put together kind of late. I don't know if they even drafted yet, to be honest. I know McDonald's. This year, unfortunately, my my little guy, he's okay. I don't want him to, you know, no thoughts and prayers. He he's just been really sick lately. I think yeah, you know, he had a bad time with like COVID and stuff. You know, he was bottled up, and now we're putting him in the wild, and he's getting sick every time he sees other kids. So my my son, it's heartbreaking, dude. He's been sick at one time after the other. It's just been it's just been the the worst. So I wasn't able to make the live stuff in New York. That's what I was going is. Gotcha. I'm hoping next year they do live stuff. I want to be. I want to do uh, auctioneer. I want to auctioneer. Oh, you uh, need to be an auctioneer. That'd be. So oh, I'm bored for that, amazing. right? Yeah, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, we're gonna have a great time too. Great. Or time. even tout wars. Have them go over there for tout wars because and do that. You need to be an auctioneer. Period. That'd be. Yeah, amazing. yeah. I want to get. I'm gonna try and get more involved in the fourth dimension. And, you know, NPC so great and they're so nice yeah. to us and stuff. Man. I want to interact. Yeah. For sure. Well, what else is great is you, my friend. You always bring it. Uh, oh, that was sick, yo. <laughs> great individual <laughs> off the mic sure. and on the mic. Smart, smart man. Uh, before we head on out of here, plug your stuff. And remind everybody where they can find you. Yeah, at Twitter, John, at John Legazo, J-O-H-N, L-A-G-H-E-Z-Z-A. And then, you know, really the thing I'm most proud of are those rankings and all the write-ups. I mean, you know, if you see the arguments I'm making, that's where they're coming from, where – you know, I took the time in the offseason. Next time, I have to start earlier and try and get through more of them. Something we mentioned before, I almost feel uncomfortable being asked to analyze guys I haven't done this kind of work for. So, you know, if you're into the granular stuff, you really have to be a fan of it. But if not, I also just have lists for head-to-head rankings, underdog rankings. You can just upload, you know, uh, 625 players in 35 tiers. And then I'm writing at The Athletic, which has been really cool. I did a hitting primer and kind of stumbled on some cool stuff. Now, you got to pay to see all the graphs. But long story short... That pull power stuff is legit, bro. Yeah. Okay, because, yeah, we had the number of 30 home run hitters drop more than 60% since 2019. But the market share of pull power home runs has climbed throughout the dive. Yeah. So, like, that's where it's being found. So, yeah, yeah follow my work. You know, I hope it's cool. And then we're going to do some some betting stuff here into betting. I've been 
again, you know, I ask people how to lose. Don't take it the wrong way, but we there is losing. And I think the day of like, I tweet emojis every time I win something. It's like, that's like an old, it's like antiquated and it's getting people into trouble. You want to be looking for handicappers that are talking more about risk plans, you know. Good move. Smart move. Love you, Bubba, man. You're the best. You are the man. I appreciate you, my friend. And don't forget, he left out a key thing. FSWA award winner. Best oh, stop. It's so corny. Oh, my God. Hey, it's so cool. Hey, us, us independent guys, that's big deal. Oh, okay. I respect that, man. That, that's big boy stuff. So right. I got okay. one for the good guys is the way I look at it. And Thank that, you, that's wow. a big one. So um, everybody go check out John's work. It's great appreciate stuff. You, uh, really subscribe do. to The Athletic if you don't because um, he does dive into things that most of us would not think about. It's pretty pretty enticing <laughs> stuff. So go, go check it out. But we'll wrap it up there. This was this was Benched with Bubba, episode five seventy nine, NFL draft storylines of the one, the only Big John Stud, John Legaza. Catch y'all later. battery month at o'reilly auto parts get up to a 25 dollars gift card after rebate with the purchase of select superstar batteries our professional parts people will test your old battery for free and recommend the right battery for your vehicle for power performance and reliability choose superstar batteries only at o'reilly auto parts oh 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 o'reilly auto parts